This is McGavin Fries. Movie podcast. Hello. This Hello. is Gavin. This is Ian. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm getting sick and tired of the way we normally, yeah, normally yeah, yeah. introduce the podcast. Excellent. Excellent. Cheers, Excellent. man. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, we hope you're doing good. Get, get yourself a drink. You deserve it. It's been, a, it's been a long week. Oh, wait. The week just started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grab some eggnog for the uh, month that's in it. Anyway, as we're coming up to uh, Christmas... And uh, if you're like me, I fucking hate, you know, buying presents for people. No, no, it's no, the worst. You know, because I, mean, I, I never know what to get for people. I never know. And a lot of the time I leave it to the last minute. And so when you leave things to the last minute, you just end up like frantically searching for shit that you think people might like without putting any real thought into it. Yep. So we've gone ahead and done some thinking for you. Yeah. Um, for the film, for the discerning film nerd in your life, we have yes. a number of selection, I think. Yes, yes. We're, there's, there's a number of cool things here, you know, that, uh, you know, from all kinds of all kinds of geeky corners of entertainment, we got some, you know, some animated sort of stuff, some art stuff, some, you know, apparel, some some cool books. <laughs> it's going to be interesting seeing as we compile this list completely separately. It's going to be interesting to see if there's any overlap between what yeah, the two. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere are. along the way, we'll try and uh, talk a little bit about movies. Uh, and uh, there's been quite a few trailers that's come out. Some Quite big a few ones, big so, ones, yeah. yeah so Some we'll of the, talk, like, I think the biggest you could ever get. So we'll talk uh, a little bit about that. And uh, review-wise, we will review uh, Daniel Radcliffe movie Horns, uh, 2009's Coen Brothers movie A Serious Man, which we've it, talked we, about the trailer forever. We know we know it's a, an old movie, but uh, we, you know, at one point years ago, we used the uh, the music from the trailer. We uh, just played it on the we podcast. We just played it on the podcast all the time, but we never actually got around to seeing the damn yeah. film. It's a brilliant, um, like remixing a making a music out of the actual just action in the video so i just said fuck it i'm watching this movie last week so i watched it okay we're also going to branch out into the world outside movies so we'll do some quick reviews of tenacious d live in kl which was last week and and i'll and i was uh, in perth and i got to see uh, nick cave uh, at the free metal art center so and we'll the bad talk- seeds Hmm? And the bad seeds? No, 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 no. It was no just Nick Cave. Warren Ellis was with him. Not that one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he had a backup band, but the bad seeds weren't with him. I think they were busy doing their own shit. Cool. Because uh, he toured with the bad seeds not too long ago, actually. Mm. It was not, was, wasn't was that long ago. So this was just more a solo Nick Cave show. Okay, cool. We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. We'll get to that in the review section. We also have emails. So if you want to email us, you can get us at podcast at mcyappenfries.com. Podcast at mcyappenfries.com. It's easy to remember. Just drop us a line and tell us how shit you think we are. Yes. <laughs> That's always good for the soul. Yeah. <laughs> so, should we just start about the Star Wars trailer? Yeah, might, just as, might as well. Everyone else, I mean, let's try not to go too much into it because this has been analyzed today. I had been thinking we should just talk about it in 88 seconds because that's how long the trailer is, but... I, I, have no, I have no issues talking about it in 88 seconds. The most retro thing about this trailer is that it's on iTunes. <laughs> it really kind of weirded me out that I wasn't looking at it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the last time, the the, the 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 memories of watching the Phantom Menace mm-hmm. was very strong in, because that was probably the last Star Wars trailer I watched online like that. Because fuck yeah. the last two. Now, as far as teasers go, I thought it was fucking awesome. I know you had issues with the droid. Uh, Ian Ian has predicted that the droid will gonna be piss me off. going to piss him off. I have to say, <laughs> um, Daniel Burden, um, what's his name? Dan Burden 1138 on Twitter came up with the greatest thing. He responded saying, oh, that, that droid is ball E. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's pretty clever. That's very clever. Because I've heard R2 football and all this kind of other stuff, but that actually, that kicked it out of the park for me. That is very, very clever. Um, I had no such hang-ups. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, you could very well end up being right, but I don't see how you can draw that conclusion. I know. From like, I'm just, this is like, what, two seconds? Yeah. Two or three seconds? Yeah. Of I, I was time? being facetious. I mean, I've heard it does make a lot more sense for a droid on a desert planet to be shaped like that than R2 mm-hmm. getting around. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that weirded me out with the trailer was just that really long shot at the beginning of just sand. It's like he's got 88 seconds and a good seven of them are just sand. But that didn't bug me. I mean, it's like, this is why I don't get why I'm... No, it's just weird. It's a really weird thing to have it's an Annie trailer. It's to set up the fucking... You know, John Boyega getting up, you know, mm. and I thought it did that very, very well. Mm. You know, I spent most, I spent most of the time going, is that Benedict Cumberbatch? Cause the it's, voice. Sa- yeah, cause it yeah. sounded like him a little bit. And then, and then it was Andy was it, Circus. And it was Andy Circus. It was Andy Circus. Disney said it wasn't Andy Circus, and then Andy Circus says, oh, that is me. Yeah. So, it was all sorts of fucking. You know, I, I trust, if Andy Circus says it's him, I don't, yeah. why would he lie? About and you that? can imagine his voice doing that, but he's doing real, like, evil, weird voice. Yeah, I got no issues with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've heard that he plays a pivotal, but small role. Oh really? So we'll see. We'll see what that. We'll see what that part is. He's Luke's butler. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the line comes in. He comes in with a soda and says, "There's been, been an awakening. Do you feel it?" No, I, I, in, I, I thought it was a great teaser. Yeah. It was exactly what a teaser should be. We talked about this off off cast, but you did see the the I'll put it on the podcast notes the locked off shot of the Falcon. Yes. Where. They actually just, if you've seen any, they've done this for Star Trek as well, where they've yeah. stabilized the image so that yeah. you can the Falcon see the is not moving. The Falcon is not going all over the place. Yeah, it's the, the Falcon's actually doing a very simple flight maneuver, but it's yeah. actually the camera that's going all over the place, which is actually quite tough. Yes, it's very clever. And the other thing that other people pointed out, I thought, I couldn't think, put my finger on this for ages, I thought, the Falcon looks like it's lost a bit of weight. And it was the satellite dish on the roof. Because mm. they've now got a square one. Oh, right. I did not I, notice that. Neither did I. I was only, and then someone else pointed. But then out again, that, I'm not freeze framing every no. fucking. But it, it looked weird. I saw it on some other side, but they were pointing out. Well, of course, it has a new radar dish because Lando trashed the old one when he was going through the Death Star. See, which is exactly why I don't freeze frame. No, but remember, Lando like the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. So they have to get a new one. They have to. They new. have to. No, no, new, improved. You know, just go boxy. That's mm. how it is. Uh, but yeah, did exactly what it's, what a good teaser should do. Yeah. Gave, gave, you know, you don't know what the fuck's going on, but you want to know more. It's a series of interconnected images. Yes, yes. And, and uh, I love and, it. and you know what? Film looks great. Yeah. Film looks great. The, it's I mean, good that they're shooting it on film and not digital. Yeah. The shot of the X-Wings hydroplaning over water. We would have mm-hmm. never gotten that shot before. George Lucas would never have thought of doing that shot. Yeah. And that just looks great. Yeah. Even the guy in the cockpit looks like... It's Oscar Isaac. Yeah, it doesn't look like Oscar It doesn't Isaac. look like... I, I didn't realize it was I him. keep thinking people are wrong. That doesn't... Like, that's, that's no, not it the, is him. That's not the guy from Drive. That's it, not the guy from... He's, he's all... Has he put on white or something? I don't know. I don't His know, face but, looks really fat. No, but, he's got a long face. Yeah, no, but that is him. Mm. That is him. But Oscar Isaac is one of these actors that looks different in a lot of roles. Mm. Uh, not that, I mean, I've never seen him in a helmet before. Yeah, and I like the uh, the new, new lightsaber looks badass. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about that hilt, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I'm sure they've thought it through. <laughs> What's nicer, though, is that when he turns it on, there's a real kick to it. It's yeah. like he's starting to set a chainsaw. Yeah. So maybe it's one he kind of built for himself or that. Because that, they, they seem like that's as a, I don't know. It's roided know. up. It's, it's been roided up a little bit. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, you can't have everything the same. There was, there was enough in there for you to recognize that whole nostalgic sort of Star Wars from your childhood. But there was some new shit in there. Without showing you anything old apart from the X-Wings and yeah. Millennium Falcon. No, just the, the feel of it. Yes, yeah, the, the feel, feel was right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just the, that's what I said, the pilot, the inside of the X-Wing mm. looked just like a shot from the old movies. Yeah. And even though the, uh, you know, the, the, X, like the X-Wing fighter, the, 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 the uniforms have changed a little bit, yeah. it still looks very, very recognizable. Exactly. So it's cool. Cool. And did you see the George Lucas cut? 
No. There's a George Lucas cut. No, where... There's been so many. I didn't see the Lego version either. Yeah, the Lego yeah. version's okay. But the George Lucas cut is pretty funny because where Oscar Isaac is doing that, he just dodges his head to the right because someone shoots, like, Greedo the wall. Right, right, right. And it's got, I think, at the end of it, where the, type, where the Millennium Falcon's fighting two TIE fighters, mm-hmm. there's, like, all the ones from the uh, Return of the Jedi are interspersed with it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So they just put, like, loads more of everything in it. Or there's a Bantha walking in front of the camera half the time. <laughs> in front of John Boyega. And I did see, I did see like the recent uh, SNL spoof of it. I didn't watch that. Which was horrible. SNL's kind of horrible. You know, everyone, every now and then they come up with something good, but, but no, it's it was, never it was as horrible. good as it was in nah, the seventies. Nah, nah fuck that. No, nah. or not even the nineties. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the nineties was the last really great cast they had. Yeah. When did Norm Macdonald leave? Yeah, that was the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, are we just going straight into the trailers or? Yeah, fuck it. We don't have any kind of structure apart from emails and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess not. Not. Um, the other one that came out was Terminator Genesis. It's I'm hearing it's weird to me for people to say Genesis now. It doesn't. I just think of it as Genesis. Yeah, um, I didn't think it would look bad per se. I I was just very like, it was just. I don't even know if it, I don't even know if underwhelming is a word you would use. It was just it it. You've been there before. Well, literally, when, yeah. when he runs into the supermarket, yeah, that they, shot looks really similar. No, no, but that that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was the moment I was like, "This might not be so bad." Yeah. They got the supermarket right. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> know, the I, mean, like, mark. I think that was cool. Is yeah. that is that Kyle Reese is going back and he thinks that he's going back for the same reasons Michael Bean went back. Yeah, and then Sarah Connor turns up and is like, "You know, get, get in the in. car, soldier." But the huge problem I have with the whole thing is that aside from Arnold, everyone looks horribly miscast. Kind of, yeah. I mean, Jason Clark doesn't look too bad as John Connor. But I just kept thinking during his rising yeah. speech, where are the apes? It's, it's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. The, the apes are robots now. Yeah. And, but, you know, Jai Courtney just, you know, let, let me save her. I'm like, that's a horrible line. Someone else pointed that out. That's a line. horrible line. You know when he says goodbye to John Connor? Yeah. He's naked. Yeah. That's an awkward handshake. Yeah, when one yeah. dude is shaking another yeah, yeah, dude's yeah, hand, yeah. he's completely bollock naked. Like, I think it was naked. Slash Film. And he's walking out. around. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just, you know, he, well, he's Australian. Breeze. You know, yeah. I mean, Australians, they just. <laughs> they take it off no matter what. <laughs> yeah, they, they're always looking for an opportunity to get their balls up. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> look up the number of podcasts that was that one. <laughs> but um, that was my major issue with it, is that I it kept distracting me how wrong everyone felt. Mm. Like, I uh, thought um, your one, um, Clark. Uh, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark looked not. Too dissimilar from Sarah Connor. I I actually think I, I, she just comes across completely wrong for it. You think? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you have to use someone from Game of Thrones, why not just use Lena Headey? Yeah, she plays <laughs> She's a part. Been, yeah. You know, and she and she looks. You, you know, Sarah Connor's got to have that coldness. Yeah. You know, and Amelia Clark is a little too cute. Yeah. You know, I mean, I hope I'm proven wrong yeah. because I really want to like this movie. Yeah, I, I mean, really. They got T one thousands in it. It's. You know, but for some bizarre reason, it just felt... It came off a little bit like the greatest hits. Like, they had to have the line of, come with me if you want to live. Mm. Um, the T-1000 doing his thing. It was quite cool when he cut one of his arms off yeah, and threw his yeah. javelin. Yeah. That was no. badass. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But there was no wow moment in the trailer. Mm. There was no, like, uh, there, there was no part in the trailer where it's like, okay, that looks cool. Mm. You know, everything kind of looked like a mishmash of different things that you've seen throughout the uh, the, the Terminator saga. Plus, when a bus hit when a bus hits a Prius, it doesn't flip over end over end. Well, I'm guessing that there's more to <laughs> I'm it. I'm hoping there's more to there's it. There's more to it than that. And it's like, is is Arnold like aging rapidly throughout the movie? No, no. He like the reason why the timeline has changed is because later somehow he gets sent back 
So no, 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 no. But like at the beginning, when you see him for the first time, you know, he's got like brown hair, and then at the end, when he jumps off the helicopter, his hair is totally. Oh, totally, he looks. Yeah, that's totally his normal hair. I think. Yeah. So, when he when he turns up being Arrow. Yeah. The TV show Arrow. Yeah. He's wearing yeah. a green hood for fuck's sake. Yeah. So that to me just came across as very bizarre. Yeah. Very strange. But I think someone's done a, te- a you know a screen comparison. The cop getting out of the car looks like the cop getting out of the car from the old movie as well. Yeah. Things like that are nice. Yeah. No, I mean like it's not a bad trailer. No. It's just that this movie is coming with coming to us with so much baggage. Yeah. That they've really got to come up with something that blows us away to not feel skeptical about it. And those and especially after those Entertainment Weekly covers. Yeah. You know, th- th- I mean, that was just horrible. Someone had to go through the whole trailer to try and find Matt Smith. He's somewhere at the beginning. He's in the background somewhere blurry. Oh, is he? Yeah, you can tell by his head shape. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, I mean, that was my sort of main concern mm. with the Terminator trailer. Yeah. The other one then was... We didn't have the Jurassic World last time, did we? No, no, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah, so the Jurassic World trailer was yep. released. Yep. People seem to be thinking that... Um, What's his name? Star Lord has a pack of trained raptors. They seem to be. I don't. I mean, they don't. They just come out of. I just didn't take that from the trailer at all. But they come out of these traps and then they're going around him and not snapping at him. Yeah. People seem to be thinking that he's got a pack of traps, which is a cool idea if it is that way. But maybe that's why the park is finally open. They bred all the nasty out of the dinosaurs. Possibly. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, like the, the the trailer does a pretty decent job of not giving away too many plot points. No. It, it just gives away the the main one. Is yeah. that it's now a gen- genetically enhanced man-made dinosaur that's turning on its master and that could make sense in the sense of the park's been open now for a while and maybe revenue's starting to drop off possibly they need need a new thing maybe maybe Um, I mean I mean I'm kind of I mean I'm I'm gonna go see it yeah you know I mean the the thing about all of these movies is that you know you're gonna go see it yeah so it's not a question of oh whether or not I'm sold yeah you know uh, I'm gonna go regardless it's just when you're sort of reviving beloved franchises, from you know, and we're all at that point now where we remember just how amazing the first ones were. Yeah. You know, and the first Jurassic Park was brilliant. Yeah. You know, I was I was gripping my seat like watching some of that stuff. Samuel L. Jackson's arm scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know the second one was pretty underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, the third one I thought. AKA, was... what happened? To... No, the second one was where's Vince Vaughn for the third act? Yeah. He just disappears. Yeah. Or how did the T Rex get out of the hold and then get back into the hold? Yeah. Well, the second one was pretty much like, uh, hey, this guy uh, just came out with this movie Swingers. He's pretty hot. Let's yeah. give him a part. You know, that's that. His his part felt pretty much like that. Yeah. There was no other fucking reason for him to be in there. You know, he had no. There was no love interest or anything. You no. know. So it was. You know, Jurassic Park three. I actually thought was quite fun. You know, that was the one that Joe Johnston directed. Yeah, who was the guy who was trying to steal shit with the backpack and the parachuting? What was his name? Was it, was it William H. Macy? No, William H. Macy was, was the dad. The, yeah, it was the dad. The yeah. guy who got trapped with the son. There was a young guy who they were paras- paragliding together and the two, of them, the, the two of them got caught together. Fuck, I can't remember. Uh, he's the guy you think dies in the river and then wake up. Because he, he looks like... Uh, I, yeah, I know, I know the guy you mean. I can't think of But he looks like a lot of other actors. Yeah. So, so, but, so the whole thing with this one is that it kind of feels like they're trying to recapture the magic of the first. Yeah, but reinvent it in a way because there's none. Yeah. Of, I mean, there's none of the originals in there at all, right? No, yeah. no. But I mean, I, I like the the play, the you know the direction that they're going in is that they is that they the whole idea of uh, sort of consumers being used to a park that has dinosaurs. Yeah, you can easily relate that to audiences. It's like you know watching CG dinosaurs on screen now is nothing new. No, so they need to come up with something really badass. And I like the fact that we never see the new dinosaur. No, we just see its foot. Yeah. So 
you know, I'm, like I said, I'm still going. Yeah. You know, even if all the reviews turn out to be like, fuck this movie, I'm still going to go. There's been a shitload of other trailers, but one that stuck out in my head, seeing as mentioned Vince Vaughn, was the trailer for Unfinished Business. I, I skipped, I skipped that one. Yeah, I've been, it, I, I saw the poster and it looked like a, you know, Vince, a Vince Vaughn, Vaughn movie. Yeah. And he is wearing a tracksuit in one scene in it because he seems to be in his contract to do that. But I actually found it, it was a Red Band trailer, I actually found it quite funny. He's mm-hmm. like, works in some big company, you know, tries to pull his weight a bit too much, gets fired, starts up his own company with Tom Wilkinson and Dave Franco, and they need to get this last job or they're done. I mean, that is, I mean, that is a nice combination of actors. Yeah. Um, you know, and, it's and Dave Franco's an idiot. Like, there's a scene in it where they're talking about Tom Wilkins is like, if we get this deal, I want to do wheelbarrow style with a woman. And Dave Franco's like, what's that? It's like, it's where the, the one lover holds their other lover by the legs and, you know, does whatever. And then it cuts to Dave Franco and he's in the wrong position. He's the wheelbarrow. He's not holding up the woman. Right. And it's just like this awkward shot of the kid saying, I don't think this is working. He's like, yeah, my, my arms are starting to hurt. He's like, yeah, my balls are in the wrong place. <laughs> And there's a great line between, I think the girl is Sienna Miller, mm-hmm. and the client is James Masters, and so there's a relationship between those two, so she's the competition. Right. She's Ben Stiller, essentially, in Dodgeball. Right. And there's a whole thing, it's like, oh, you came together, and it's like, well, no, I came first, and then you came on my tits. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, so there's a relationship between them, and it, it, no, but it actually comes off funny, as opposed to many of those style of jokes in a Vince Vaughn movie. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. there was a lot of the stuff that you expected to see. Yeah. But it was actually funny. But it actually worked. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully that's not just the funniest jokes. So it was a little bit more old school and not so much, like, you know, the neighborhood. Yeah. The, the neighborhood watch. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Mm. What, the trailers? Uh, did you see the trailer for uh, The Babadook? No. Um, yeah, I'm... Well, I've heard of it, though. I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is an Australian horror film that has uh, kind of kind of become, like, a, a critic's darling yeah. over the last year. It's been tearing up the, um, the uh, all of the, the, the festival circuit, and, and um, it did really well in, I think it was um, the, the Sundance Midnight Screenings, mm-hmm. where uh, it premiered there, and... Uh, it's directed by Jennifer Kent, and uh, she she's been getting a lot of acclaim for this stuff. And I saw the trailer uh, a couple of days ago, and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like it's a character from a pop up book. Yeah, who starts haunting this kid, but the like I think the the kid's father was went out to get something for him and never came back. It was an accident or something like that. So there's weird parental themes going on. Um, William Frequent tweeted that I've never seen a more terrifying. The director of The Exorcist said, I've never, never seen, seen a more, more terrifying, terrifying film, film. than The Babadook. It will scare the hell out of you as it did me. Yeah. If that's not a glowing recommendation, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie. Um, yeah. You know, and, and the thing I like, when, when the Australians do horror right, yeah. they really can knock it out the park. I mean, like, the first time I saw Wolf Creek, I was terrified. I still keep needing to watch it. You know, I mean, like, I, I, you know, it, it makes you, like, anyone, anyone says, like, hey, you want to do, like, a road trip? Across the Australian outback, I'm like, fuck that. No. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> no, thank you. Mm. I want to buy that pop-up book. Yeah. You I've know. seen photos of it as well. Yeah. Apparently, um, it was a report I saw today that it's in her deal that herself and the producer retained the rights because there's a lot of talk about maybe a sequel. And she's like, no, we're never, ever going to do a sequel because it stands alone. Yes. Which is cool as which well. Which is cool. Which is cool. It's yeah. exactly the kind of thing you say before you hit it big. Yeah. <laughs> then once you hit it big, like 10 years, let's just say like from now on, like Hollywood's just like, here's all of our scripts. Yeah. 10 years from now, should be like, you know, 
Maybe. After, like, after, like... After the last couple of movies bomb or yeah. something. You know, it's like, you know, I was watching The Babadook again the other day, and I was thinking... I got a good idea for I've, a sequel. I've actually, you know, I know I said not, but now I find I figured out a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone did that. Well, we've heard that numerous times. Yes, I think, we've yeah. heard that many, many times. Um, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, Clerks 3. Yeah. Hello. Four, five, six. <laughs> uh... Yeah, let's just uh, go away from trailer news for a little bit and talk about some of the um, casting. Some of the casting uh, uh, that uh, DC's been doing. Mm. The thing that I find pretty exciting is um, they're getting Michelle McLaren to direct Wonder Woman. Yes, uh, and I think that's an amazing decision. Mm. Well, first of all, getting a woman to direct Wonder Woman, I think, is a very, very good idea. Yeah, and um, there were a few websites that were talking about that before there was any mention. Of who of who they would now I'm not really familiar with her, her work. What has she done before? Um, she's directed primarily television. Okay, uh, but she's directed. Uh, she's she's one of the executive producers on Breaking Bad, and she's oh. also directed um, quite a few of the Breaking Bad episodes. Some really really good ones. Oh. She's also directed Game of Thrones. Episodes. And there's a lot of action in those ones as well, yeah. isn't there? She gets the action ones. I think I heard Ryan Johnson or someone talking about her saying like that's a her moment. Is yeah, like the action movie scenes. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually. Very excited about that. Uh, I mean, aside from Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad, I'm, I'm not too familiar. Mm. But, I mean, it's, <laughs> those two shows are... Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, what have you done? Uh, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. Oh, An okay. episode of Neighbors, you know. Yeah, yeah. A couple of... You know. <laughs> we're not going to go down there. Yeah, we're going to do the rest of the TV. Yeah. No, 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 no. But um, I think that that is just... Even from a, from a marketing point of view, from a PR point of view, it's very smart. Yeah. It's very smart. And also, just, just her credentials as well is very cool. You know, so that that to me says a lot about the kind of Wonder Woman story that they're trying to tell. And before we get Wonder Woman, after Batman versus v Superman, we, we get, get Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad which right? everything about this is just like so right, but also wrong at the same time. Like it, it, it's 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 insane. Yeah, it's it's a it's crazy. Yeah, um, that this is a this is the next movie after Batman. Yeah, and Superman. Yeah. That they're doing this one next. Yeah, because um, this is like this is like I mean finally mid table on the this is the method Tidfill of yeah of uh, DC. I mean, I mean Hollywood Reporter uh, made a very good comment about it. It's like if you look at it from a Marvel point of view, it's like they went from Iron Man immediately into Guardians. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. And but arguably. Um, Suicide Squad is even riskier than Guardians because Guardians, you know, yeah, they're yeah, yeah, they're kind of fuck ups, but they're so lovable. Yeah, you know, whereas Suicide Squad, these they're guys, all bad guys. These guys are all bad guys. And this is actually this casting has been confirmed, right? Yes, it's one hundred percent confirmed. Because I was thinking confirmed. it was like they were in discussions or something, but it seems to be confirmed. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know a whole lot about Suicide Squad. I know that the uh, the first sort of. Um, uh, the first sort of version of the Suicide Squad, I think, came out like in the 50s, I think. It didn't last very long. It yeah. didn't last very long at all. It was and Tom Ostrander's one in the yeah, 80s, right? Yeah, it was the one in the 80s that it's generally known for, which is similar to Guardians. I mean, Guardians had the original team. That didn't do well. Yeah. And, and they, it was the Dan the Dan Abnett stuff that, that sort of brought it back into the uh, into the spotlight. Yeah, but, even, the, but even that title, it wasn't like a blockbuster book. No. So same thing with uh, Suicide Squad. Um, it... It's, it's, a, it's Task Force X. They're essentially, when Batman and Superman and those guys t lock these guys up and checkmate or the government take care of them, yeah. if they've got missions that, you know, bat that are a bit dirty, mm -hmm. that Batman and Superman won't touch, or even the more government-sanctioned heroes won't touch, yeah. they send these criminals on it for a chance at redemption or a chance for them to get off their, yeah. their, uh, 
their sentences. Yeah. I mean, do they get their but also, colors? But, but also, yeah. Oh, they, 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 get, they, they get explosives attached to make sure they do the job. Yeah, like if they if they decide to do a runner for them, they can just blow them up from a remote area. And this casting is Will Smith will play Deadshot, who's like DC's bullseye. Yeah, he's uh, in in the DC universe. He is the world's greatest assassin, and he's a bat. He's a Batman villain. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, Rick- he's come to the prom- prominence again recently with those um, the Batman Dark uh, Asy- uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham yeah. City games. He's yeah. a big part yeah. in that. And um, Rick Flag Jr., um, who is the uh, the son of the of Rick of Rick Flag, who was the leader of the original. Uh, in, incarnation yeah. of it, and also, I mean, he was like the again the DC version of the Howling Commandos. It was like a DC War comic. Was Rick Flag? Yeah, it yeah. wasn't the Howling Commandos. What was his Rick Flag and the were they the Blackhawks? Mm, can't remember. Anyway, but uh, Rick Flag Jr., uh, the leader, uh, he's going to be played by Tom Hardy. It's fucking nuts. It's fucking crazy. Jared Leto will play the Joker. I'm pre- I'm assuming that's going to be a very small role. They can't. I mean, they'll have him bubbling in a cell or in the introduction to Harley. They can't put him in the movie. Probably. I mean, because that would know. just be too fucking weird. Margot Robbie, who was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's second wife in um, Wolf of Wall Street, she's gonna be playing Harlequin. And she looks like Harley Quinn. Yeah, Harlequin. Harley. Harley Quinn. Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yeah. But she looks like Harley Quinn. At yeah. least the current comic. I don't. I'm not mad on the current. I prefer the Bruce Tim original design. I'm not mad on the current weird pigtail slut version. But uh, she does look. Her face looks like Harley Quinn. Yeah. And Captain Boomerang, who is a Flash villain. Who we played by the charisma black hole that is Jai Courtney. <laughs> yeah. And the Enchantress, uh, which is a schizophrenic sorcer- uh, sorceress. She's a Wonder Woman villain, isn't she? Is she? Um, I, she has turned, yes, yes, yeah. she has turned up in Wonder Woman. Is going to be played by uh, former model uh, Cara... Delevingne. Delevingne. I presume. Delevingne. Is she still going out with Michelle Rodriguez? She was going out with her for a while, right? Isn't Michelle Rodriguez going out with Zac Efron now? Is he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I glanced through a hello. This isn't isn't TMZ, (laughs) bitch. But these are just... That's insane. And it's directed by David Iyer. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he handles the female roles in that. Yeah, he's not not known for his female characters. No, he's known for... Male buddy buddy bonding. Yeah, I mean, I like more of his movies than I don't. Yeah, you know, um, I thought his script for Training Day was cool, um, and I never saw End of Watch. It's no, neither have I. It's, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. Um, and um, I actually liked uh, Street Kings, mm. which was that um, you know, Keanu, Reeves Ke- Keanu Reeves film, which I actually thought was pretty cool. Um, you know, it was a good solid B B cop film. Yeah. You know, and I, and I like that. Uh, Fury is supposed to be very good. Mm. Um, although Fury is supposed to be very good as far as being like an action war film is concerned. Yeah, and I think it's, but it's even just a good gritty war film up until the end. Apparently the end gets a bit generic Hollywood action movie, but that's to be expected. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the Suicide Squad is insane. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually very excited about this because yeah. it's, you know, there's, it's a big gamble. It's a very, very big gamble. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a second-tier team. Yeah, I mean, um, if you take out the, if you take out the Joker, people won't recognize anyone. Yeah, I mean that's probably why he's put in there. Probably, um, and I do think that um, you know if if Will Smith decides to, to turn do, up, you know if he decides to do it properly, and if he doesn't if he doesn't go the Stallone and Judge Dredd route, yeah, because Deadshot, you never see his face. Yeah, you know, I mean Deadshot's covered the whole time. Well, this is the thing. So last week they had the Flash versus Arrow crossover. I'm loving the Flash TV show. You've watched it yet, no? No, not yet. Loving the Flash TV show. It's the perfect homage to what I think of as Flash, like the Justice League style. Like they're introducing his powers gradually. They're introducing his team. He's learning his powers, and they've had a nice. They've had some small crossovers with Green Arrow, which I wasn't aware of really mm-hmm. watching at all. Mm-hmm. Green Arrow was handled pretty well. I've started watching that. Deadshot's in that. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it's a guy with a eyepiece. He's a bit not great, but like they are working with people like uh, Slade Wilson, who's Deathstroke, and make, they make that character work. Yeah. Um, so they made, they're making a lot of these things work already in these DC shows. I mean, the guy who, uh, I think is a Tom Amell or something like that, the guy from Arrow, mm-hmm. kind of went a little mini rant about how, I think it was the second episode of Flash, the guy who played the Flash is not really getting a fair whip of it because the ratings weren't in for the second episode when they announced Ezra Miller to play the Flash in the movie. Right. So it's like, kind of sucks. This guy's make, this Mike, this guy's building the role up and building the, the, uh, the attitude, the, like the public perception of it up again. Yeah. And then there's other guys going to come in and take all the glory. There's a little element of that, unless they do Crisis on Infinite TV channels later on. Which they might. I mm. mean, there's there's no reason why they can't. No, it's their Thanos. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be, be interesting. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought that was, it's something that's, you know, because DC's had to eat a lot of shit yeah. uh, with all the stuff that Marvel's been doing. And they will eat a metric ton more shit if Batman vs. Superman is not good. It's not good. <laughs> all these plans will go out the window so fast. Well, did you see that um, that little Instagram video that uh, Larry Fong, the DP, put up? No. Um, on the... Uh, on, on, on the last day on the last day of shooting for no. uh, Batman v Superman it's a very simple shot it's it's just sort of it's like just snowflakes falling on you can't really tell what it is but because you, it's Larry Fong mm. and you know that he's shooting Batman v Superman and and on the uh, and, and his sort of like uh, his post is that's a wrap uh-huh. and so you see all the snow falling down on this black thing you, it, it, at first glance it looks like a black plastic bag like a you know but then when you look at it it could potentially be like a crumpled up cape, mm-hmm. um, and if you remember the Dark Knight Returns, the fight happens in the snow. Yeah, and he throws his cape off with the bat suit when he has the bat armor on, right? Yeah, yeah. So does some, he throw it off, or does he use it to so, like, some, electrocute Superman? Some some people are spe- speculating that that's what it is. Is mm. that uh, and you know it's no secret that Zack Snyder is incredibly influenced. Fuck yeah! I mean, but yeah, everything we've seen so far it's has the been Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. And Frank Miller, I didn't realize this, but Frank Miller is actually a consultant. Oh, I didn't know that either. On the film. Yeah. So there's any weird right-wing craziness in there that's because of him? Yeah. It's I, don't think that, I don't think having him as a consultant anymore is, is a I, good thing. No. You know, even amongst fanboys now, fanboys yeah. are like, fuck this guy. This yeah. guy's fucking, oh, he's past it. Yeah. You know, for a guy who uh, is famous for for, uh, for a Batman story that makes Reagan look like a fucking asshole, he's, yeah. he's coming across like he, he voted for him. <laughs> he's comic Dennis Miller. <laughs> Switching over to DC, uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Jessica Jones casting and our non-choice, Kristen Ritter, was picked. I think now that she's been picked to play Jessica Jones, I think it's just her fringe is putting me off it. There's been some Breaking Bad points where she doesn't have the B in 23B, whatever. Don't trust the B in 23B. Mm-hmm. You know that very sharp fringe yeah. she generally yeah. has? Yeah. What's your, is she in? No. It's not, no, she's not in that one. Um, that fringe doesn't match the kind of ratty down at heel kind of Jessica Jones character but I've seen other photos of another that could make it work either way it's cast so it, yeah I don't think I mean again same thing with like Charlie Cox is like was you know I couldn't picture him no but then you see the pictures and you're like yeah, yeah it looks alright yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same apparently I did hear that she was cast because of the chemistry she had with Mike Coulter so I think they cast they might be they might have cast him as well for Luke Cage right 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 and Mike Coulter was was the guy that uh, that we thought looked the most like Nick Cage. Yeah. Between not, not there was Nick many Cage, choices. Nick, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage. That's right. <laughs> Nick Cage should play Luke Cage. Yeah. Cage is Cage. <laughs> just, yeah, a load of lines of him just talking about how to be black in New York would be just odd. Uh, but 
He's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'll, that's I'll, an SNL sketch. I'll, I'll, I'll watch Nick Cage in anything, you yeah. know I mean? Like, I've made this very clear, you know, no matter how bad the film is, I'll fucking watch it. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I'm in a plane and there's a Nick Cage movie there, I'm watching that shit first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I watch Bangkok Dangerous on a plane. Yeah. And I'm convinced... Were you, to, were you flying to Bangkok? I'm convinced it's the only way to like that film. Yeah. Because I watched it on the plane and I was thinking to myself... Why does everyone hate this? <laughs> it's all right. Because <laughs> yeah, you're oxygen deprived. Yeah. <laughs> and how many whiskeys had you had? I don't drink on planes. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't drink on planes. I got this weird thing. How many hours of not getting sleep had you had? Uh, probably about 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sleep, sleep and oxygen deprived is the best time to watch Nick Cave movies. Yeah, there you go. Nick Cave movies? Yeah. yeah we're just going to be mispronouncing people. Everyone's there. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Fabby. We should do that warm-up thing before the show. Anyway. The other bit of the DC casting news then was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is confirmed as Doctor Strange. Marvel. Marvel. Eh. Well, it was finally confirmed. Mm. And he said, and I quote, oh, it's thrilling to receive such a... Of course it is, you yeah. fucking asshole. <laughs> I mean... It's a bit obvious. It is. It that's my. I mean, that was always my issue with it. Is yeah. that it was. It just seemed a little too obvious. A lot of people were tweeting about the Jared Leto as the Joker. Is like, oh, they re they badly recast the they badly cast the Joker. I mean, that guy was terrible in Ten Things I Hate About You. Because that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Before the yeah. Dark Knight. I actually, I actually have zero problem with Jared Leto as. Mm. as, as I'm interested to see where he goes with it. Yeah, I mean, he kind of has a similar sort of angular kind of a face. Yeah. You know, and. Um, and after Requiem for a Dream and and Dallas Buyers Club, you can't say the guy can't. No, you know I will say that he should stay the fuck away from playing music. But as well, the Joker's <laughs> gonna break into song occasionally, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So but no, but no I I don't mind Jared Leto as, as an actor. You know, I mean, I, I like you know my so-called life. You know, I enjoyed watching him get the shit kicked out of him in fucking Fight Club. Yeah, you know, he's done some good movies. I want to was it? I want to destroy something beautiful. Yeah, his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, like my choice out of all the people that they shortlisted, my choice for Doctor Strange was Ethan Hawke. Yeah. So, but you know, I'm sure Benedict Cumberbatch will do a very good job. Yeah. Someone else on Twitter said today there needs to be a scene where he meets um, Tony Stark and they say no shit Sherlock. <laughs> if Josh Sweden writes it, that yeah, line might actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, but that's going to be just an interesting movie anyway because mm. it's going further afield than. Thor is and the magical side of things. Yeah, no, I'm actually very, very um, interested in how they execute the uh, the Doctor Strange film. And I think Scott Derrickson is a very, very cool choice. Yeah. Have you seen any of the DC stuff with Doctor... Doctor Fate is very similar. I love Doctor Fate. Yeah, and Doctor Fate has a... He's basically a rip-off. One of them's a rip-off of the other one, right? Yeah. Because they both have an Asian manservant, right? Do they? Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who's which one is Fung. Is Fung from... Is that, is that Doctor Strange or Doctor Fate or Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange doesn't have a... A monster. He's turned up in the Avengers cartoon, and it's been I mean, kind but, of no, I mean, like, cool. I actually know very little about Doctor Fate, but I always loved the look of Doctor Fate. And yeah. I used to, I used to read the, I used to read the comic. I just don't remember anything about it because I, I used to read the comic in the eighties. What was I watching? Was it Flash or something else where they actually had the helmet of Fate? Oh no, it was Constantine. The helmet that Constantine has is a Constantine cave, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is completely against the character. It's just, it's an awful TV show. They did get him holding a cigarette though. He took one puff. Well, it's not getting a second season, right? Oh, uh, uh, it might be. It's kind of been on weird hiatus stuff. It's not being shut down, it's just being spread out or something. Right, right, right. But um, he has the Constantine cave and the helmet of fate is there and he's like, don't touch that. So, I don't know. No, but also, I mean, since since we're on like, you know, like DC TV shows, um, 
uh, Preacher has been greenlit for uh, pilot status. Yeah. Going to be written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, the people who gave you Super Bad, <laughs> and this is the end. Yeah, yeah. Two movies which I love, but they yeah. just don't scream Preacher. But However, having said that, they could, you know, it could work. And Rogen definitely has a good heart. There's, what the fuck is this? There's, um, there was a conversation that started on Twitter between himself and um, Gary Whitta, who's writing one of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah, he's writing. He's writing the one that um, I think uh, uh, Gareth, Gareth Edwards is going to direct. Is the director of Godzilla? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a conversation going about like where's the uh, someone had, someone had put up a last Starfighter trailer cut to today's style of, tra- of trailers and it looked badass. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole conversation going between Slash Film and Gary Whitta and Seth. Ro- Gary Whitta mentions I'd heard Seth Rogen try to get this going, and then Seth Rogen piped up and said like, yeah. He talked to Spielberg about it, and Spielberg had tried to get a last Starfighter sequel off the ground mm-hmm. back in the day, and he, the, the, the writer of that has some kind of hold over the rights, and no one will ever make a last Starfighter movie, which is disappointing, but it shows where Rogan's heart is that he would chase that. Yeah. That would yeah. be a pro- He's got a development deal, right? Yeah. yeah. So the fact that he would go for that. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's cool. I mean, like, I, I like Seth Rogen um, as a writer a lot. Mm. You know, I'm, uh, I, I just hope that... Um, you know, we get more of the kind of like, I hope we get like the super bad and the this is the end kind of consistency as opposed to the Green Hornet. Yeah. You know, um, but like you were saying, you, you mentioned uh, Gareth Edwards, director of Godzilla. Speaking of Godzilla, uh, since, since you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, did you hear that uh, Toho yeah. is going to produce the first, go- its first Godzilla movie um, what, since the 90s? Yeah, there's I, when um, the new Godzilla movie was coming out, they did do like a rundown of the movies, and I think it was there was one where Godzilla fights the Godzilla from the American version with Matthew Broderick, and just like kills it in thirty seconds, <laughs> and it's it's not quite man. They're doing man in suits still, as far as I know, right? Um, no, I think it's uh, CG. CG, but it's CG old style, not new style Godzilla. Well, I mean, like uh, they, you know, they they were very upfront about the fact, like, look, we cannot compete with with. Um, you Hollywood, know, the, with Hollywood with Lionsgate, the Hollywood one. Oh, legendary pictures, right? Yeah, legendary pictures. We can't, we can't compete with that. That's not the way we work. No. But we've made enough advances in CG where we are to come up with something that can stand sort of toe to toe and still be considered like a true. true it's only twenty percent man in the suit now. Yeah, you know, I mean, who knows? They might do something like, uh, you know, they might they might keep the man in the suit, but it'll be more like mocap and do it like Ninja yeah. Turtles or something. Because I think it was like was it Monster Wars or Godzilla Wars? The last couple they did, they had like. There was almost an overarching theme between the last one. They they had a plan, I think, apparently, when they were leading up to the last one. Mm-hmm. So they kind of had an overarching theme between them. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see what they'll do with it. Yeah, um, very interesting. And uh, and uh, now Godzilla is officially, um, you know, it's in the Guinness Book of World Records. It is the longest, uh, you know, it's it's the longest, it's the longest, wrong, wrong. It's the longest. It's the, wrong, <laughs> it's the longest, uh, longest running franchise in cinema history. Really? Yeah, Godzilla. Wow. Not Dracula. No, doesn't count because it's changed hands or something. Because it must be because because Toho held the rights the whole time or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of long-running franchises, uh, the new Bond movie had their uh, big event there last Friday. I think it was the official name of it is now Spectre. Spectre. Yeah, not Smirch. Yeah. For some bizarre reason, I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that reason is Quantum of Solace. (laughs) No, but I mean. You know, I thought Skyfall was, a, you know, it was, it was a good film. Until it turned, and someone pointed out, I think on his trailers, the, the Skyfall thing, it's like, the third act that is Home Alone. It is. And they actually put a shot of, um, 
what's his name from Goodfellas? Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci in it. Like they have the whole guns going off and all the scenes from Skyfall. Like Joe Pesci's there with his hat on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what, and also that kind of broke the franchise because his name is actually James Bond. Yes. It's not a code name that is assigned to different people. Yeah, his yeah. name is Bond. Yeah. Well, they kind of went like, you know, I mean, Sam Mendes has kind of uh, done what Chris Nolan did with Batman and just sort of... Thrown out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah, and just kind of like, you know, this this is this is how I see James Bond. You yeah. know? And, you know, you know fuck, fuck history. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So, it's again, it's one of those movies that I know I'll see. Yeah. But am I excited about it? Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting they're going the Spectre route. They're going to... I mean, they keep saying that this could be an entryway to Blofeld. You know, but... and Christoph Waltz as a villain? I mean, who ever heard of that? Yeah. I mean, as long as he doesn't glorious, he turns up in, in glorious bastards mode and not the green hornet mode. Yeah, um, but he was far from the problem. I just like the fact <laughs> Dave, ba- Dave Bautista's in it as Mister Hinks, which is definitely a fucking that's definitely um, an odd job style character yeah, sidekick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they can't they can't cast the Chinese person for that shit anymore. No, <laughs> uh, but it's like it's cementing the other group. So Ray Fiennes is back as M, Naomi Harris is Miss Money Penny, and Ben Wishaw, who's Paddington Bear, is Q as well. Yeah, and Rory Kinnear is Tanner. Which is weird that this guy Tanner just keeps cropping up in these movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As long as they have an opening sequence that when you get to the third act, you have to start puzzling about how did we get here? Because that's the key to any good Bond movie, is yeah. that you're at the beginning saying, like, wait, how, how does this how does this got back to the clown that was shot in Vienna with a bullet that had James' name on it? Because mm-hmm. that usually happens in those movies where you're like, it, it usually, you know, you're following a clue all the way through and then all of a sudden, under secret underground lair. Yeah. Taking a break for radio news, uh, over the Christmas holidays, so I think it's Monday the 22nd, the Terry Pratchett and um, Neil Gaiman book Good Omens is going to come to the radio on BBC. Excellent. Uh, it's going to be a six-part adventure with a double bill on Monday the 22nd, so it'll all be available on iPlayer for us because we're there's no fucking way we can get BBC over here. Um, but Neil Gaiman and Sir Terry Pratchett are in it as policemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crowley, who's the main demon in it, is played by Peter Serfinowitz. Awesome. Um, That's great casting. Mark Heap is in it as well, who is in from Space yes, as well. Space. Uh, there's one, uh, Julia Deacon's from Space as well. Julia Deacon is... Uh, Julia, Julia Deacon is... Uh, Marsha? The, the, yeah, Marsha. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian. <laughs> All right, Brian. <laughs> so, I mean, that could be... I mean, I, I, I still haven't listened to the Neverwhere production they did a while ago with James so McAvoy. so prolific when we was at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Twit coming over? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bottle of champagne I reckon I could keep it on ice for a few hours yeah. slam of door we'd <laughs> <laughs> say we wouldn't do this we're not going yeah. to the TV all again no, 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 no. but they did do a Neverwhere production with James McAvoy which was be very good I haven't listened to him I haven't downloaded mm-hmm. and not listened to him no I haven't heard that either yeah at the time it was like on that BBC player thing we can get yeah. it for so many days and Neil Gaiman himself was tweeting yeah, I mean, even like American Gods, like uh, Tom Hanks was trying to get that off the ground at HBO for yeah. years, but they just couldn't, they just couldn't do it. Mm. Could be because it's called American Gods and get the Bible Belt to deal with. Yeah, probably. Somehow I don't think that was the issue. Yeah. Speaking of America, uh, <laughs> Barack Obama loves Meryl Streep. Uh, he was giving out awards for the, the Presidential Medal of Freedom Awards uh, a couple of weeks ago. And in his speech, he said, I'm not going to do an act, uh, impression because I can't do Barack Obama. I said it publicly. I love Meryl Streep. I love her. Her husband knows I love her. Michelle knows I love her. There's nothing either of them can do about it. She inhabits her character so fully and compassionately. She sung ABBA, which, you know, that's something. Now, you can imagine him saying that. Yeah. She's sung ABBA, which, you know, that's something. 
She learned violin, wore nun's habit, faced down a charging line, mastered every accent under the sun. Meryl is truly one of America's leading ladies. Huh? High praise indeed. Yes, high praise indeed. I mean, what must it be like being Meryl Streep? Like, they should do a Being Joel Malkovich sequel called it, because everyone just compliments her. She's amazing in everything. Yeah. I would I would love to see that movie, actually. Yeah. Being Meryl Streep. That would be great. It's John, John Cusick freaking out all the compliments all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, but actually, not John Cusick playing someone. Actual John Cusack mm-hmm. trying to figure out the secrets to her longevity and career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Nick Cage gets stuck in her head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While she's meeting Barack Obama, she's like, "Yeah, I'm yeah. really, I'm really happy for this award." Yeah, <laughs> I love you so much, Barack Obama. I want to kiss your face. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jumping back to trailers for a second. Um, there was one I think we forgot to mention last time. We didn't mention the Son of the Gun trailer, did I? Uh, no, no. Which it was actually meant to do it in the last podcast, but it's um, Ewan McGregor and his kid, mm-hmm. and it looks really gritty, crime drama. You see it? Uh, this is uh, it's an Australian film, right? I don't know because it keeps looking like Utah in the desert. It's either said, um, sorry, yeah, it's, it's, it either was, said, it's it, either Australian or South African. It was uh, it was shot in Australia, ah. uh, and uh, it actually um, you know who had uh, had a role in it is our buddy uh, Kingsley Judd. Really? Yes. Oh, nice. But uh, he didn't make the final cut. Oh. <laughs> No, no, when I was in Perth, I caught up with him, and yeah. uh, he, he had, uh, he's, he had done He was two on the cast with uh, Charles, wasn't he? The two of them were on the cast. Were they? Yeah. Oh, right. We had Charles on. I don't remember if King's Leap was on. I don't even remember having Charles on it. We were probably fucking yeah. wasted. <laughs> Please. Hey. I don't think I ever hung out with those two guys and not, and, and been sober. Yeah. It just didn't happen. No. Uh, was he wearing his clown doctor gear? Uh, no, 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 no. That, that work. He had just done some role playing for some like, uh, you know, like a court court case or something. Ah. Uh, but he he was in two films, uh, Son of a Gun, yeah. which he was in the um, prison scenes. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he didn't tell me the part because oh. he's just like you know I didn't make the final cut, so the conversation kind of stopped there. And um, because and, of his bitterness. And the other film that he was in was uh, These Final Hours, which oh. is uh, an Australian film, and he did make the cut in that one. Oh, excellent. Yes, he was Scruffy Man number two. <laughs> Against, I, playing I, against type, yeah. and I, and I and when he said that to me, I immediately thought frightened inmate number four. <laughs> it all comes back to arrest and development. Yeah. Frightened inmate number two and frightened inmate number three. I can't remember. But um, it so, looks like um, are you calling me? You know, like are you calling me a coward? No, what I'm calling you is a television actor. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but that trailer looks really interesting. It's like Ewan McGregor and this kid, and they get they bond in prison, and the kid gets him out somehow, and then they basically crime family drama. And it looks like a kind of movie I haven't seen in a while. Yes, not to be confused with the other film, By the Gun, which stars Ben Barnes. Any any movie where the poster is Ben Barnes holding a gun, I'm like, no, thank you. No. Prince Caspian does not exist in, in this, this dojo. dojo. <laughs> yeah, mm. so, you know, like like he did that movie like. Uh, the Big Wedding. And he was playing... Ben Barnes is in the th- Thin Red Line, right? And he was in that... Sick- Which one's Ben no, Barnes? That's Ben Chaplin. Ben Chaplin. Yeah, yeah. Don't confuse those two. Ben Chaplin can act. Yeah. <laughs> which one's Ben Barnes? Ben Barnes is the guy from... He played like Dorian Gray, like uh, in Dorian Gray, which also had Ben Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> You're not helping. Uh, but uh, he was in The Big Wedding. He, 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 was, he was Prince Caspian. In he the was Narn- actual Prince Caspian. Yeah, yeah he, oh, was, okay. he was Prince Caspian in the Narnia, in the Narnia films. Oh, yeah, he looks like a white yeah, but it's just like he gets cast, he gets just miscast in everything. Mm. Like he was in this movie, uh, The Big it's Wedding. Like Wes Bentley. 
Wes Bentley, you know, I mean, like, he was miscasting Ghost Rider, but for the most part, you know, he's, he's had the misfortune of being in some shit films, yeah. but he hasn't necessarily been miscast. But Ben Barnes, they cast him as a Spanish guy in The Big Wedding. His name was Alejandro. You know, Alejandro. And it's like... It's a Hollywood movie, right? It's like, first of all, this guy's English. He's not, not American. He, look, he does not look Latino in any way, whatever. No matter how tanned. He's yeah. And watch how much blusher number five you put on him. Um, did you hear about <laughs> Sony got hacked and there was yes. a whole load of crap stolen from them? Yes. Gawker have some really great um, teardowns on this because they have they were able to get the list of like complaints or internal memos on things. Oh yeah, yeah, and did a lot of this? and a lot of Sony employees don't like Sony movies. <laughs> and they, they really don't like um, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Yeah. There's a lot of like. Look at these! Look at these amazing movies that are coming out of other studios. Yeah. And what are we doing? Dumb Adam Sandler movies. And and you can imagine that, you know, it's like people yeah. in there like going, "What the fuck is going on here?" Okay, well, here's one. There's a general blandness to the films we produce. Although we manage to produce innovative film once in a while, Social Network, Moneyball, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, we continue to be saddled with the mundane, formulaic Adam Sandler films. And this is multiple people were doing this, and there's yeah. also a lot of their. Um, PowerPoints, the marketing, marketing PowerPoints came out. Mm -hmm. And my God, they never went to the PowerPoint training. Yeah. These are the worst PowerPoints ever. And it's like, and, and And they're not good deal makers because like another one of the emails is like saying, do you know that Men in Black 3 is going to make like fucking 600 million and we're still going to lose money on yes, this Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> so, you know, and, and you can, and you read that. The same, the same comment is like, what was it? Um, are you aware that Sony Pictures only one franchise, Spider-Man, yet it took five years to generate a sequel? Spidey 3 was released in 2007. Number four in 2012. Don't Harry Potter's come out over two years? Are you aware we only have one franchise? <laughs> have you read the SEC annual report? Disney will make 300 million on Spidey merchants this year alone. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and also, and also they, they had released like social social security numbers, ah. uh, you know, like people's pay. Yeah, they, they, we, we know exactly how much Seth Rogen and James Franco won for the production. Design. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that they also leaked like movies that haven't come out yet. Like they leaked Annie. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know they leaked Fury as well, but Fury's been out for a while. So yeah. that, you know that's not going to eat in too much to it. But like Annie, that's got that's gonna they're gonna that's gonna hurt them. Yeah, because it's probably shit. You know, even if it isn't shit, it's going to hurt them. Yeah, I did see, I think it was The Hollywood Reporter had like the, the red carpet thing and that's all they were talking about. Mm. Um, but no, like... they, they suspected North Korea. North Korea has denied it. However, they did say it is a righteous act. They don't, no, but they said something else like, we'll wait and see or something as well. Apparently. No, because like North Korea is pissed at them because of the interview. Because yeah. of the interview. But they did say it was a righteous act. And then there was another report that came out today, I think, that's saying that the people involved in the hacking um, have connections to Thailand. How? I don't know. Gotta spike those fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit of, uh, more documentary news. Um, if you're a fan of Studio Ghibli, there is a documentary coming about spending a year mm -hmm. with um, Hayao Miyazaki while he was making um, uh, The Wind Also Rises. Or The Wind Rises? The Wind Rises. The Wind Rises. It's called The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. Um, hey. And... Um, it follows with the whole thing, and it shows what a miserable bastard he is. Yeah, he, he tends to come across like... With those cute things as well, and the fact that when he's in work, yes. he's wearing like a workman's apron, even oh, really? though they're doing like they're not doing hand animation anymore, or, I mean, it's not, you're not, you know, there with animation cells and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's coming out on VOD in January, the trailer's available now, and um, I think he spends a lot of the movies shitting on one of his co-directors that he just doesn't like. Yeah, that... 
And like uh, I remember like uh, watching a, a behind the scenes thing uh, for Valley of the Wind. Yeah. And it was kind of like a little bit of a retrospective at the time. Yeah. And uh, the guy the guy was like saying how he and uh, 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 Miyazaki like hooked up. <laughs> Miyazaki was just a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> He's just it's not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a part of the the article. There's an article, an interview around or an interview with the producer and all that stuff, and he's talking about how like Miyazaki in the movie just goes off on these tangents of like, you know, this idea that you have to be happy in your life is a wrong one. You know that you mm-hmm. do things to make yourself happy. Like he seems to be a miserable old kid. I'm interested to see it though. To see this guy who came up with like cuddly Totoro. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the thing is, is, like if you see a picture of him smiling, he looks like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. When he smiles, there's only three photos in existence of him smiling <laughs> over his entire career. Like there's so few of them that when the first guy got his hands in him, made a fucking T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of anime, uh, we mentioned we did a little Attack on Titan bit last time. Yeah. Uh, running until January 25th in Tokyo if you're swinging by there's an Attack on Titan exhibit on in Tokyo oh really? yeah so they have like blown up frames from the comic and um, props I'm not sure if they're props in the movie and isn't there also like a life size Titan yes there's a Titan hand I think it's the head and a hand reaching so you can get your photo up they have the maneuvering they have some maneuvering gear props as well and they have like you know beautiful displays showing from comic to reality I've got to go to Japan yeah you know, like you know McCaffrey Fries has got to do like a we should we like do like a Kickstarter campaign? Send McYappen Fries to Japan <laughs> before January twenty fifth. <laughs> it does look very cool. I'll put up a link to the uh, the photos that I and I have. Looks awesome. Cool. So oh. little little small news, just because uh, we're interested. Uh, did you hear Lee Evans is going to retire? What the British comedian? Yeah, I can't imagine why. <laughs> do you think? Do you know he's fifty? That could probably be it. And he, also, he does not look. 50. Well, also his stand-up act—it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I mean, he's a very physical, physical uh, comedian. Very. He's so, a very sweaty man on stage. Yes, he 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 must have hurt himself. If you don't know who he is, he played uh, one of the characters in uh, Something About Mary, the guy who pretended, Peter Delivery Boy, who pretended to be um, afflicted with multiple yeah. sclerosis or yes. something. He, or spinal he, he was also Nathan Lane's brother in Mouse Hunt. Yeah. yeah. Love that fucking movie. Love that movie. But um, he, he, his main reason is I think his agent died, and he's also talking about um, his. I think I think I have he's mentioned that on the Jonathan Ross show. I think I have ignored for too long my missus, and I want to spend more time with her because he was touring all the time. Yeah. So. And also, he's probably made enough money. Hopefully. To to you know do this. I mean, like, you know, you probably retire for a while, and then after that, you come back and do like an ITV, you know, like a little sitcom on ITV or something. Yeah. He'll play the dad. Yeah. You know. But he does. I mean, I saw photos of him from that interview. He still looks. The he same. still looks the exact same. Yeah. Maybe he's going to age like the Terminator ages really quickly now. Yeah. After he stops, he's just go grey overnight. You know that'll probably happen. You know, it's like Harry Enfield. Yeah. Have you seen him lately? Yeah, he's he, very. He looks like someone's granddad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he has loads of money. Well, you don't retire unless in the eight in the nineties. Yeah. But that's also because some of the things he weren't doing wasn't they weren't half as good as what Paul Whitehouse was doing. That's true, that's true. That's true. And Paul Whitehouse is pretty much retired now, isn't he? Mm. He does the odd movie. Yeah, he does the himself. odd thing every once in a while. Like, you know, like Johnny Depp's doing a movie in England. Yeah, alright. Yeah. Oh yes. Oofsa. Suchusa. Finishing off news? Yep. Um I didn't I we'd heard there was a remake of It in It. Stephen yeah. King's it in the, in the pr- is this the thing that's going to be split into like six films or no something? they're just going to do two which is like the old version that was on Sky 1 back in the day which was fine up until it became an alien yeah um, 
But I didn't realize that uh, True Detectives Carrie Fukunaga, Carrie Fukunaga, is, Fukunaga it, is attached to direct the yeah, first movie, which, which is interesting. interesting. He's the, 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 have you watched True Detective? I haven't yet. No. It has a beautiful style to it. There's a very nice scratched film. I know, aesthetic. I know, I know. I have heard, I've heard. I'm not shoving it down your throat. I'm just saying it's an interesting. It should give an interesting patina to mm. the movie. All right, patina, patina. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to our bumper Christmas cool stuff section. Okay, well. Starting with. Starting with. um, Were you a fan of Ghostbusters 2? Yes. Well, if you are. Mood Slime? Hmm? Mood Slime? No, 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 no. On Etsy, some crazy ass motherfucker has done a life size uh, uh, replica painting. We've already talked about this. Remember, Dave looked up the cost to ship it to Ireland? Oh, have we? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why we shouldn't drink when we do these things. <laughs> Read the show notes, bitch. Read the sh- there's too damn many. Yeah, All we right. did. It's, well, anyway, it's a full size Vigo thing. It is a perfect present. Uh, but, but, but when we podcast that, my friend David from my mate Dave from Ireland. All right, the, well, fuck it then. Let's move on to something else. No, no, but <laughs> no, I, want to, I want to finish the story. He actually checked how much it would cost to send to Ireland, and it was like, no, thank you. It was way too because it's seven foot long. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll cost more than the actual thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. the thing it's like three hundred bucks, is it? Um, well, I mean, it costs like about it costs three hundred. It costs four hundred and eighty-six ringgit. It would really tie the room together, though. It would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> How many ringgit? Sorry, four hundred and eighty-five ringgit. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah. You know, for a seven foot, like it's six foot by yeah. four, yeah, three foot or four. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's 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 uh, four, uh, four four foot three inches by seven foot. No. You know, it is... You need a ladder to look him in the eye. It is the same size yeah. as the thing from the film. You can just, like, you know, when you invite people over, open the door, climb up the ladder, and just look into his eyes. Yeah. Ray. Hello, Ray. <laughs> okay, you go. You Similar go. vintage. Um, if you like candles, <laughs> and if you like Indiana Jones, uh, yes. Firebox have yes. come up with I've a melting this. major yes. toad candle. I've seen this. So toad is the evil motherfucker with the little glasses from who, the Jones. Whose face melts in the movie? Yeah, who who face melts at the end? If you remember the end of uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah, 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 yeah. his face melts when he looks in the Ark of the Covenant, and yeah. the photos of this look great. Like it melts the same way. Yes, it's it's great. Firebox UK are selling this. I think it's uh, nineteen ninety nine per candle. It's worth it just to see his face melt. Yeah, another one I've got is, uh, you know, if you're in a cold climate and you need a nice Christmas sweater, mm-hmm. uh, this is uh, from a UK site, uh, yellowbulldog.co.uk. This is a Street Fighter Christmas jumper. Because <laughs> 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 um, a lot of the t-shirt sites are doing t-shirts with that crap. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 no, 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 fuck it's that. It's got to be an actual it's, sweater. It's got to be an actual sweater. And this is a Christmas, this is a Street Fighter Christmas, Christmas sweater. With, uh, with Ryu the, and Ken, with Ryu and Ken doing the uh, the Horukun thing at each other, and um, it's, Which, and it even has the health bars over the top. Yeah, it even has the health bars over the top. And and if you're in a cold climate, this shit will bring the house down at the Christmas dinner. It's become a big thing in the last couple of years in Flint, a lot of cold, any cold countries. In Ireland, there's like there's the shit jumper, shit Christmas jumper shop. I think it is dot com or mm-hmm. something like terribljumpershop.com. Mm-hmm. and people are buying just awful ones and then wearing them on the twelve pubs of Christmas. You know the kind of pub crawl. Mm-hmm. Usually try and do twelve pubs. It usually gets very messy around nine or ten. If you're looking for a man, all my stuff is from the same years. Uh, if you're looking for a man, a watch for the man in your life who loves his eighties movies. Um, 
Think Geek have a Back to the Future flux capacitor watch. You know, I saw this. This looks cool, but, but it, I it, cannot it would, for the life of me figure out how it works. They say like, okay, if it like if it blinks three times, okay, then it's three o'clock. Yeah. You know, if it blinks another four times, but then how do you know when it stopped blinking? You know, it's well, no, there's it's like, a lot of work. There's three. There's three dots per bar of the flux capacitor. So if like one lights up on all of them, that's three. Mm -hmm. Then it goes off for a second. Then it comes on and four might light, and then it goes off again. And then two lights. That's three forty-two. At the bottom, it has the LED, like the clock from the DeLorean that has the, the date on it. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, that's it, a mean, lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it looks really cool. I know, I know, I know. It, 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 does, look, look, it does look very cool. <clears throat> oh, well, another one that I have is, uh, this is something like for him and her. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this is also from uh, Think Geek. Uh, and it's uh, Star Wars Han Solo and Leia bathroom hand towels. Hand towels? And... It's it's a it's a really cool gift. Oh, it's like the the the, fem the, the, the female the like uh, the Leia one has got like um, a Victorian uh, silhouette poster. Yeah, it's like imagine like that that Ollie Moss book of Victorian sort of like silhouettes. It's like that kind of style, and you got Leia's silhouette, and then it says. And she's got her Empire ringless, right? Yeah, and, and and underneath it says "I love you," and then after that, on the, the hand one, it says "I know," which is perfect. Which is very very cool. Uh, you can get it on Think uh, Think Geek. It costs nineteen ninety nine US. Oh, that's pretty good. It's not too bad. Not Shipping will fucking murderous. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm, I'm, my 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 stuff is generally is, is it escalates in price as we go along. Uh, Criterion Designs, who put out the Criterion Collection DVDs. Mm -hmm. They're putting out a book. Yes, that summarizes. I, I, got, I, I got this too. I got this too. Yeah. It summarizes all the cool. work. It, it highlights from designs commissioned by the Criterion Collection, featuring covers, supplemental art, and never before seen sketches and concept art, plus a gallery of every Criterion cover since before the collection's first laser disc in 1984. Yeah, no, the it's, book itself looks beautiful. the The page I took out of it was uh, some Repo Man uh, foot covers. It's like green posters with. Um, Mini West's Fez's face. And who's the other guy? The older guy? What's his name? Uh, Harry name Dean well? Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. It's beautiful looking. And when you get, it's just, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful art book. Yeah, no, no. It's, uh, it's very, very cool. Uh, another thing I've got, like, since we're on books now, and this is a book that, uh, you, you can get it on, um, Big Bad Toy Store. Um, and this is the updated version of Grey Sports Almanac. From Back to the Future. No, updated? Yeah, yeah. Updated. So it's actually valid. It's actually correct. It's actually correct. From 1950 to the year 2000. Oh my god. You can get it for the price of 65 US. 65 US? 65 US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, <coughs> like uh, we've got this information from the vendor. Our almanacs are printed and bound by a commercial printer with reference to an original backup cover and my official Universal Studios notebook. <laughs> the book cover artwork has been completely reworked to match the original in every detail. Mm. Every letter has been retyped using the exact font and color as the original. Wow. No one has been able to replicate the silver metallic reflective print on the front cover. <laughs> Except us. Oh, shit! <laughs> A friend who owns the original almanac gave us permission to scan all 98 pages and also provided us the original blue receipt artwork. You just want that in a, in a, a, a clear Perspex case with a light shining on yeah, it? Yeah, just like that, you know? Like, fuck. And uh, moving on to shit that we probably already both own already. Uh, there's a new Evil Dead anthology available from Via Vision Entertainment. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this one? No. It's got, it's Blu-rays of Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and the reimagined uh, Evil Dead from 2013. Uh, so it's four Blu-ray discs, three DVDs devoted to rare and previously unreleased bonus materials, and some documentary, a documentary called Invaluable, which is about uh, Tom Sullivan. Mm -hmm. But... Tom Sullivan had also sculpted a replica of the Kandarian dagger, 
used in the first two movies, and a Book of the Dead that features 16 of his original drawings, all held in the cardboard display box. The book looks amazing. The dagger looks pretty fucking cool. You know, remember the dagger? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the book itself is like, it looks like Guillermo del Toro's sketchbook, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the inside. Something that, like, it's a little bit more pricey. If you're into Lego, um, the Lego Simpsons house. Oh, yeah. Looks insane. Yeah, it's uh, been a while. This cost, this co- I mean, it's been out for a while, you know, but this costs about 200 US. Yeah. Um, it's badass. It's badass. It's really, really cool. And um, it can, open, right? hmm? It slides open? Yeah. Uh, it contains six minifigures, so you get Homer, you get Marge, you get Bart, you get Lisa, Maggie, and you get Ned Flanders. Yes. Uh, you can remove the, the roof and top floor to access the different rooms inside. Um, it's, the house is hinged in the middle, you know, for easy access, you can open that shit up. And it's pretty much like, not screen accurate, but like, it's, it's the characters it's, fit and everything. Yeah, it's pretty damn screen accurate, I mean, yeah. like, it looks badass. All the rooms are in the house. Yeah. <clears throat> Very, very cool. Hey, hey! Yep. Yep. Yeah, that one. <laughs> okay, uh, now, like, if any of you are, um, you know, Breaking Bad fans, as I'm sure some of you may be, mm-hmm. uh, you can get, um, you know, the Los Polos Hermanos restaurant, like mm-hmm. shit. I would love to work there. And if you find yourself to be, like, one hell of a cook, you can get a Los Polos Hermanos apron. Nice. I because I already know this from multiple and, T-shirts. Yeah, and this is uh, fairly affordable. This costs like uh, twenty US. Hmm. Um, and yep, it's you know it's it's officially licensed. It's a uh, sixty-five polyester, thirty-five percent cotton. It looks pretty cool. Thanks and for that extra it's, detail it's, in the mix. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yellow. It's yellow, and you got the logo there, and uh, you can cook. Get it? Hey, 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 hey. You shut can up. Cook. While wearing the Los Polos Hermanos. I can't, I can't. Stop saying Los Polos Hermanos. I can't say. You know, like, it drives the wife insane. Cause really? Because I, yeah, I keep saying Los Polos Hermanos. Well, do you remember? Okay. I, I knew it was Speaking of the wife, I got to tell you, like, this is the wife's review of the Terminator Genesis. Genesis. Genesis um, trailer. Mm-hmm. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? Like, no, no, it's another one, is it? You know, what, what's happening? <laughs> so, bloody stupid movie. Which <laughs> was also her review of Lucy. Mm. Yeah, I saw, <laughs> she sent me a text. I saw Lucy, bloody stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey. We need to have a separate section on the site for her reviews. Yeah, her review. <laughs> Trina's one... Uh, one-liners. One-liners. Bloody stupid movie. So, for the Wrath of Khan fan, have you got any more gifts? I got a lot more, baby. Okay. For the Wrath of Khan fan in your life who has a very large disposable income, uh, QMX, who do, uh, they do like cuddly toy versions of uh, Battlestar Galactica ships, and they do the t shirts for Firefly. Mm-hmm. It's where I got my Jane band, mm-hmm. and it's where we both got our Jane t shirts, mm-hmm. and it's also where I got my Curse Your Southern Inevitable Betrayal t shirt, which got fucked in the wash. <laughs> All the print came off. So I'm a bit wary of buying t-shirts off these guys. However, Wrath of Khan is one of the best Star Trek movies. The USS Reliant. They have made one. It is over 37 inches long and 20 inches wide. It's packed with a ton of LEDs that light up the nacelles. There's windows into it. You can see into the shuttle bay. This thing is fucking amazing looking. And it can be yours for the low, low price of $9,995. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they do on their site they do have smaller kits but I mean the Reliant was a cool 
ship. It was one of the first ships you saw that wasn't the Enterprise. Yeah. You know, it has those underslung engines under the, the, the saucer, the nacelles under the saucer. It comes with a, a, a light-up base that looks like the Mutara Nebula. Yeah. So, I love that ship. I have one that actually looks like post mm-hmm. uh, Rafa Khan because the engine fell off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, my this thing that I've got is nowhere near as expensive as that. Yeah. But um, if you're a fan of Fringe and you'd like to own your very own 1-6 scale figure of Walter Bishop... What? You can. Future has done it. Oh, wow. I just stand there in a suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's got. You, it comes with a change of clothes, so it can be Waltonette. Oh, it's a doll. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it can be Waltonette, or it can be Walter. You got a change of clothes. Oh, right? excellent. Yeah, and uh, that can be yours for the price of one hundred and forty-seven dollars and ninety-nine cents U.S. Wow. Yeah, it contains uh, two styles of authentic head sculpts. Mm. Uh, they do look pretty good. So they look pretty good-looking head sculpts. Two shirts, played and striped. Uh, one purplish red cardigan, one pair of brown corduroys, uh, one lab coat, one great, one great coat, <laughs> one set of striped suits, one fedora, necktie, pair of socks, cup, and a piece of red twisted candy. Nice, that's a nice touch. Yeah, uh, and you know, black stand with with the fringe name board. They also have um, they also have Peter Bishop and Olivia Dunham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Bishop doesn't look too bad. Olivia Dunham looks like shit. Really? Yeah. Out of all of the sculpts, Walter Bishop is the one that looks. It looks really looks Walter the best. Bishop. Yeah. So yeah, I you know, and you can get your own outfits if you want to make him look like um, the king of the of Gondor, or um, he's in Sleepy Hollow as well. Yeah. You know, and if and if you know if you're a Hot Toys fan, but if you're a Hot Toys fan, you'd probably know about all this. You know, yeah. like the Marty McFly, the the DeLorean. You probably then, already but, have them on order. But yeah, I do. But then, <laughs> but then again, these won't necessarily make great Christmas gifts because they don't come out till next year. Yeah, yeah. Have they released any pictures of the Peter Quill face sculpt yet? Mm, I can't. I don't think so. No. Uh, but Hot Toys is um, if you're a Batman fan. Again, this won't come out till next year. But if you are a Batman fan. Uh, Hot Toys is um, bringing their their expertise to the um, to the, uh, the the Arkham City uh, Batman uh, figure, and it actually does look pretty damn cool. I don't know; he's got a lot of rivets and shit on him. I don't like that. It doesn't look like it looks like body armor in a way, right? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. I'm not mad at some of the looks they went for with the Arkham games. Yeah, and Which also is- and also the uh, the RoboCop and Murphy uh, double thing that they have it yeah. looks looks pretty fucking cool. Is it NECA again, or is that no? Else? That's uh, that's also uh, Hot, Hot Toys. Toys. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Hot like, Toys also have an Indiana Jones coming out. Did you see that? Yes, yes. Which but, it's a pretty good face sculpt on that. But one thing NECA is doing, um, and they're only doing one production run of this. Uh, so if you miss this, it, they won't be selling it again. Yeah. And that's a life-size rocket raccoon. Wow. It's not like the fur; it's plastic, uh, but it's life-size. It never looks that good it's, in plastic. It's, you know, it's 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 uh, almost three feet tall. Wow! It's li- it's it's the that would go really nice with a six-foot uh, Godzilla. It would, it would, it would. It would. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, I mean, it's not as cool as it would be if they had got like actual sort of like fabric for the fur and all yeah. that. Uh, but that's veering dangerously into taxidermy. Yeah, but they are doing only one production run of this, hmm. which I thought was interesting to know. Speaking of taxidermy, have you seen the reviews that the Paddington movie's getting? Uh, it's getting rave reviews. Rave reviews. Rave reviews. Considering how shit that trailer was. Empire Magazine gave it five stars. Yeah. <laughs> and I listened to uh, the Simon Mayo, Mark Mark had a few yeah, 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 yeah. as well, and yeah. he fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah, he loved it. It seems to be a great movie. Yeah. Just did not see that coming. What else you got? That's ah, the end of my Christmas list. Okay. I, mean, I mean, we could go back and say, you know, the Batman 66 DVD box set is out. I think it comes with a button that you press to make Biff noises and a model of the 
car, I think. Yeah. I just got a couple of things really quick, going back to uh, t-shirts. Um, if you're a Ninja Turtles fan, uh, there's this is a great Krang t-shirt. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. Oh, I think I've seen that one before, yeah. yeah. It's it's basically Krang, like yeah. the way it is, like the belt, you know, the, the alien there, so it's, that's it's, cool. It, it, the, the alien's inside, it looks like the tummy, like you're the robot that Krang's in. Yeah, and um, you know, like you mentioned uh, the Back to the Future watch, mm -hmm. um, the Monty Python Ministry of Silly Walks watch. Oh? How does that work? Um, both Cl John Cleese, one of John Cleese's uh, feet is the hour and the other one is the, uh, the minutes. <laughs> it's pretty badass. It's pretty badass and can be yours for the very reasonable price of uh, $42.95. I heard a story about John Cleese on some other show about um, he got approached by some fan asking about Monty Python. Yeah. Uh, oh, was it on the last podcast? No. No. And he kind of said, oh, he was kind of poo-pooing the whole thing and, you know, he doesn't really like it himself and, you know, it's all behind him now. Mm -hmm. But then, and he turned and, like, abruptly walked off. Did the silly did walk. Did the silly walk while he was walking off. He's just totally fucking with the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm... Uh, while, I, while, I was in a, while I was in Perth, actually, they were showing uh, they were, um, the recording of the recent... Live shows. Live show that they did. Oh, wow. In cinemas? Uh, no, no, like, it was the... It was the no, no, it was on, on TV. TV. Wow. And it was, like, the recent one, like... They're all old. Yeah. <laughs> but they're doing the same sketches. They're doing the same sketches. Yeah. And it was funny. Yeah. It's a funny show. Yeah. I do have one thing left. Um, Mike Allred. I always think his name's Aldred. He's the creator of Madman. He does loads of comics, Ecstatics and X-Men. Like like X-Force. X-Force. Um, you can now get the Madman of Snap City t-shirt. Just the Madman logo. Oh, cool. Which is very cool. Um, put a link up to that on TeePublic. He's got a, his own page. He's got some posters as well, which are like... Stone Age 3D where it's just two pictures it's like put your nose on the picture <laughs> <laughs> which is perfectly in theme with this now I have the first couple of Mad Men comic books mm -hmm. they're fucking awesome they're just no, they're crazy fun. crazy bullshit and Mike, Mike Allred was also the guy who uh, drew the uh, um, all of the, the comic book stuff in Chasing Amy hmm yeah moving on to emails yep so first email comes in from uh, Jupiter Lee, if you could star in any horror movie, which one would it be? Uh, I'm taking this as star and not actually be a character in because you don't want to end up dead. Uh, uh, um, I would like to. Uh, I would have loved to have played the lead in uh, in the Mouth of Madness. The one with um, Sam Neill. Sam Neill. The John Carpenter movie. I, I, I love that movie. Um, I'd like to play uh, Jigsaw in the first saw and just lie on the floor for the whole movie. Jigsaw. <laughs> I'm a really lazy actor. Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> you know, uh, either that or you know, it's like you know, you'd love to be Freddy Krueger. You know. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. That, that's a great sort of like uh, I love that that Rick and Morty episode where it's like. Oh, you've been watching yeah, Rick and yeah, Morty. I'm, I'm gonna get you, bitch. He sure says bitch a lot. <laughs> you watched all of those? I've seen most of them. They're pretty good, right? They're fucking funny. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, Rick. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he says that in every fucking yeah, episode. Yeah. Get over it, Morty. <laughs> we're, we're, oh, we're gonna get out of here. Gonna, oh. <laughs> yeah, Forget about it, Morty. They're dead. <laughs> that was really traumatic. That was, that was really traumatic, Rick. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> oh, you've done you've gone done it now, Morty. I can't wait for your, your adventure to lay a big fart. <laughs> oh, yeah, when they go on the boring adventure. I'm Mr. Meeseeks! Look at me! Look at me! That's another thing that's driving the wife nuts. <laughs> Mr. Meeseeks is Me awesome. Mr. Meeseeks. You can get a Mr. Meeseeks t-shirt in Redbubble. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> but it's not a great t-shirt. No. Uh, but, yeah, I... 
Like I, I've been thinking about that movie a lot lately. I mean, Pretty, well, in the Mouth of Madness. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I it was the last good film that John Carpenter did, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, I should mention it was other news that there's a Bill and Ted comic coming out. Yes. Where they're trying to rehabilitate Chuck Dynamalos, the sit-up uh, champion yeah, yeah. of the 27th century. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it also I didn't notice this before. It said at the end of it, um, this will be part of an 80s line from Boom Studios, which is also doing a big trouble little China comic. Yes, and uh, on Mondo they were selling um, a variant. Covered, uh, drawn by Tyler Stout. Oh, very cool. For, for 10 bucks, which I considered getting, but didn't. Yeah. Because uh, I was already feeling bad for the, the for pre-ordering the Mike Mitchell, Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> They're very clever. Yeah. They're very clever. And the uh, the Iron Giant, the Iron Giant screw. Yes. Is, it's very clever. Their, their toys are very clever, very geek-centric, and their marketing plan is genius. Yeah. It's like, this will be on available for pre-order for a while. Yeah. But after that... It's gone forever. It's gone. We'll never be available. It's yet. like that uh, QMX uh, Reliant thing. There's, it takes five people 150 hours to build them, so they're only making 500. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other one I'd, I'd say is the Monster Squad. I'd like to be the kid who kicks the Wolfman in the nuts and says, Wolfman's got nerds! Yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, like, for me, it's... Yeah, it's like either in the Mouth of Madness or another John Carpenter movie. I'd love to be fucking McCready. <laughs> but I can't grow a beard. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> or I'd just like to be Tim Curry's It. Billy yeah. Boy. Yeah, yeah, Tim Curry's It. That'd be fucking cool. Or Darkness in um, Tom Cruise Legend. Yeah. A lot of prosthetics. A lot of prosthetics. Email 2 comes in from Hopster900. Hey there, Ian and Gavin. Have been listening to your podcast for a while, but only just decided to ask a question. I've got done watching The Hobbit again. My question is, which one of the 13 dwarves from Thorin's company would you be, if you had to choose, and why? Who's the one who looks most human? It's like kind of Keely? hanging out with... Uh, yeah, he's going to die, right? Yeah, he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would remember every single character's name. It's Keely, it's, it's Keely, the brother is Feely. Feely and Keely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and since, um, you know, and since uh, Evangeline Lily's character doesn't turn up in Lord of the Rings, oh, mm-hmm. mm, no secret there. Well, maybe she goes and, off. And, and, and you know that Legolas is all like super fucking pissed with dwarves at the beginning of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Hey! Not that I'm giving anything away. No. <laughs> it's a fucking ancient book. Read the book. Uh, you know, I mean, like, I would just like, just based on uh, the... Honestly, I mean, I would like to play uh, fucking um, the really fat one. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I can't remember his name, but... Gloin. No, Lawrence, no, no, no. Right? Gloin is uh, Gimli's dad. In, okay. But the really, really fat one is yeah, like... Yeah, he doesn't not say the, a single thing. Yeah, he just does, like, he's the one who, you know, he just does a lot of stupid shit. Like, I'd love to have a fat suit and, yeah. just, and just play him. Because he looks like he's having a fucking ball. I'd have to play the Northern Irish one. Bofer. Bofer. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a great hat. He's got a great hat. Uh, you know, know, but but I, I wouldn't want to play uh, fucking Thorin. No. He, he's just a prick. Yeah. <laughs> Our next email comes in from Lilypad. Who are a few of your favorite B-movie stars? I always like the kid from um, Invaders from Mars. I have a really soft spot for that movie. It's the one where it's like it's all a dream at the end. Um, I, I love a lot of B-movie stars. Like, I mean, like, t- like you know, like uh, Michael Bean. I'm a big Michael Bean fan. Terminator was essentially a B-movie, right? Well, I mean, like, I think, I think you're thinking, like, in terms of, like... Uh, I'm thinking 50s Drive-In. You know, I mean, like there there are actors who you know they appear they appear in in studio films sometimes as you know in, in character roles, uh, like char- character actors. Rocky's coach, Burgess Meredith. He turned up in a shitload of those, didn't he? Yeah, you know, and then you got people like Lance Henriksen. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a big Lance Henriksen fan. The you know, guy who played Gomez Adams as well. What Raul Julia? No, the other one, the earlier one. Oh fuck! He was in. 
Oh, no, I'm thinking of the guy in the burbs. Another guy, the little guy with the white hair from the burbs. Oh, Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern? No. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Club check. They, they played club check. I know yeah. the guy I mean. I know the guy. That little fella? He's in a yeah, yeah. shitload. Of, they're real B movies. Yeah, yeah, they're real B movies. Yeah. You know? But I guess, like, you know, there's a whole bunch of actors who occasionally turn up in, in big budget studio films in supporting roles, yeah. but they've made their sort of living. Bill Pullman and Bill Paxman used to be boom movie guys until Independence Day and Titanic. Yeah. yeah. And you Twister. <laughs> Twister's very much a B movie, actually. Yeah, it is. Very much a B movie, mm. but with studio money. But we're not talking about those kinds of movies. No. You know, um,. Yeah, so for me, yeah, it'd be like Michael Bean is up there. I wish he wasn't a B movie actor because yeah. I, I love the guy. He's awesome. You know, um, Lance Henriksen, Dolph Lundgren, uh, fucking Dolph Lundgren's a B movie. Yeah, actor, he is. You know, um, yeah, like there, there were some. There, there was John Claude Van Damme was. They were action movies, but they were defiantly B, if not yeah. C movies. Yeah, they were way down the building. Uh. I need, to, I need to look back at the list of the 50s movies, though, as well. I mean, there's a lot of those ones that were cool. William Cat. <laughs> America's... Uh, yeah. Ernest Borgnine. Yes. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine is the bomb. <laughs> Chocolate Drizzle comes in with our last email, then. Chocolate uh, Drizzle. Uh, hello, Ian and Gavin. If you could watch any 90s movie right after this podcast, which one would it be? Hackers. Speed. Speed. <laughs> <laughs> there's our next pitch. Hackers meet Speed. You know, that just came to me. It's probably not the one I'd want to watch. Mm. Actually, no, wait. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd love that fucking movie. There's a lot of good 90s movies. There's a lot of good 90s movies that didn't get any play. Actually, wait, wait. Here's a great 90s B movie. Judgment Night. Judgment? Oh, that's the one with... Emilio that... Estevez and Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a David Bowie song on the trailer, right? Yeah. Like, so the guy's stuck on the wrong side of town? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never, I've never seen it, but I've seen the trailer. Uh, with a pre-famed Jeremy Piven. Oh, yeah. Yep. Jeremy Piven's a B-movie actor for a long time. Yeah, a long he time. He just turned up and shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, move on to reviews. Um, I'll quickly do Horned. So Horned is uh, based on a story by Joe Hill, who is um, Stephen King's son. That's what he goes by Joe Hill, so he could write his shit and get a name for himself without having to rely on Daddy. And it stars... Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> I was going to say Harry Potter. And Juno Temple. Yeah, Juno Temple. Juno Temple is, the, it, she's like, um, she's like the go-to chick if you want someone to just be like all fucking tortured and naked. Yeah. And uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays Ig and um, Juno Temple is his girlfriend and they have a good thing going, they can go up and kids and she gets murdered and everyone in the town blames him but um, I think the trial is kind of ongoing, it's not really clear and he's kind of like, he's getting away with it so there's like people camped outside the, the, the news crews are camped outside his house all the time they're following him around all the time and he gets fucking wasted one night and he wakes up the following morning and these horns grow in his fucking head like demon horns and people react to them kind of weird like he goes to the doctor and people start asking them permission like he goes to the doctor and is like well I keep looking at them but every time I look away I kind of forget about them and yeah. all I'm thinking about is that this really hot girl secretary outside I really want a bone he's like what what are you fucking talking about Cut these horns off. I was like, I'm going to put you under. So they put them under. And then buildings are very long. They have these really long flashbacks to flesh out the story. Mm-hmm. It could have really done with some editing in that area. Um, it was directed by Alan, 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 Alexandre Aya. Yeah, who directed The Hills Have Eyes. He directed Mirrors. He directed Piranha 3D. Yeah. Uh, he's also the, uh, the, the screenwriter and producer of uh, the excellent remake of Maniac. Ah. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't seen that yet. But um, as it goes along, yeah, the horns do... People give out their deepest darkest secrets, like there's some shit going on with his mother, where she's just like, you know, I just wish you'd go. Mm. Like some of it's quite heartbreaking, and 
Daniel Radcliffe does a pretty good American accent. Yeah. Um, who's the guy who plays his brother? Um, I think he's the guy from um, True Blood. I don't watch that show. Is it Joe Anderson? Is the guy? No, this is uh, this, this is great, great research here, man. Mm. Just it's great radio. <laughs> anyway, he's really good as well. He's got drug problems in a band and stuff. Nasty shit goes down there. There's a point where Abe kind of embraces the horns and starts trying to find out what happened. Max Minghella? No. Oh, that could be it. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. No, no, that's not it. <laughs> no, Joe Anderson. Joe Anderson. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He's really good in it. Um, the problem is that they have these extended flashbacks to flesh out the story, like his relationship and how they started getting to know each other and all this kind of stuff. And they kind of go on. James Ramar is an awesome B movie actor. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's pretty good in it. Yeah. And Heather Graham, Heather Graham produces it, so she turns up, turns up as this shithead waitress who's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to lie that you came back here and I saw her dragging out your, your girlfriend's dead body and all this kind of crap. Um, so he kind of fucks with her in a nice way as well. Um, so the, there is this nice scene of him just freaking, nice scenes of him just freaking out to people telling him the truth. And then he starts to embrace it. Like, there's a thing with these snakes. Snakes start appearing, he starts using them. And there's a whole thing of his, his uh, girlfriend's um, cross that kind of negates the horn slightly. Mm-hmm. But the whole problem, and there's some horrifying things happen to him, and it's well realized, but there's a problem with the cosmology in it. It's never really clear why this happened to him. Right. And therefore, the whole third act, the whole the, the climax, it's like, it doesn't make any sense in a way. Right. It's like he gives up something in order for something else to happen, and all this other stuff happens, where there's easier ways out of it. And maybe, I haven't read the comic, I think it's a comic, right? Or was it a book? Yeah, it's a book. Yeah. Maybe it's better explained there, but it just doesn't... You know, it's not really... Uh, there needed to be a bigger thing around it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it didn't make sense in the end, and it, it comes off as unsatisfying in the end. Right, right. Um, it's worth seeing just to see how, you know, Daniel Radcliffe's doing these days. Well, I think that's the whole thing with any of the uh, movies that any of the Harry Potter kids do now. Is that, like, it's, it's worth seeing just to see if they can break out. Well, no, the importance of being a wallflower was a genuinely good perks, and effective perks, perks, perks of being a wallflower it's a genuinely affecting film with Emma Watson in it that's really good Ezra Miller did the flashes in that as well I highly recommend that before yeah. you should yeah. watch that um, it's just like I said there's some funny scenes but it just left me a little bit meh in the yeah. end it, it, again it could have just done with a bit more work to explain why he got the horns in the first place and that probably would solve all the problems and a bit of editing on those flashbacks because they go on for way too fucking long right so yeah, but a very cool soundtrack. They've got like Bowie heroes in the middle of it. David Bowie seems to be signing that out all the time. Maybe it's only for ex Harry Potter starring movies because it was also used in the Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh wow! Yeah. And the other movie I saw was A Serious Man. So we've talked about this trailer before. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be fine. This is this movie's a whole big bag of what the fuck. <laughs> it's a Coen Brothers. It's movie. a Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> um, I don't know what the message of this movie is. It starts really... I mean, it, it tells a lot. It starts the movie with like... But it doesn't necessarily need to have a message. No, but I mean... Well, what was the message of Big Lebowski? That rug really tied the room together. <laughs> you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. That's just a cool, funny scene. Yes. You know? it's, it's, it's not... There's no message of Big Lebowski. A lot of Coen Brothers movies don't really have a message. And this I mean, factors nothing, into I mean, that. Nothing, nothing really sort of like clear anyway. I mean, yeah. you basically make up your own mind. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be, you know, definitely a lot of... Um, a lot of film studies done on this. But uh, it stars uh, Michael Stewart. It's a very Jewish movie. Yeah. It could have just been called that. <laughs> a very Jewish Christmas. Um, and it's one of those stories of like a very put upon man and just more shit being put upon him. Mm-hmm. So uh, Michael Stuhl- Stuhlberg is Larry Gottnick. Um, and his life is just slowly falling apart. He's always done what he's you know, supposed to have done. But it starts very oddly with this like old 
middle ages story of a guy turning up at the house, a guy, a guy coming home to his house to his wife and saying like, I ran into such and such and he helped me out with the, the cart, you know, the wheel broke. And she's like, no, he died last season. That guy's dead. You saw Dybbuk. And there's a whole weird thing going on there. And like, even that moment, like she thinks the guy, the guy visits the house and she thinks it's the devil and something happens and it's not, it's not resolved. It could be just the guy she misheard mm-hmm. or it could be the guy who's a devil. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing that goes through this. Uh, there's a guy called Fred Melamed. Do you know him? Uh, no. He plays the guy who says, it's going to be fine. Right. After three minutes of this guy, you will want to punch. The performances are great. The, you want to punch this fucker in the face. Michael Spielberg is totally really well done as the guy who's just constantly losing it. Like he's just slow. It, he's almost defense without the violence mm-hmm. from uh, falling down. Mm-hmm. You'll want to prunk, punch Fred Malamad in the face because he's the guy who his wife is not having an affair with. They're just really good friends, but she keeps bringing him into it. Mm-hmm. It's like Saibam wants to talk to you. And when he talks to him, he's all very huggy and like, we're going to move through this. We think it's a good idea you move out. Mm-hmm. He's like, I move out. I'm paying for the fucking house. He's like, there's no need to get angry. You know, that kind of mm-hmm. dickhead. And just so you know, like uh, Michael, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, he's the guy, uh, if you saw Men in Black 3, uh, he was the guy who played Griffin, the guy that they're sort of searching for, the, the guy who can uh, tell all of the different futures. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, This is my favorite future. Yes. Um, and he's completely different than this. Yes. Um, and it, it, there's also a split kind of story with his son, where his son's kind of like, the his son's listen to, listen to, there's a lot of um, Jefferson Airplane in, in this movie. Awesome. Yeah, and it's the kid's at Jewish school, and he's not paying attention. How many people do you think realized that Jefferson Airplane was the early inca- incarnation Starship. of a Starship? No, well, it was, Air- was it Jefferson? Was Airplane then Jefferson Airplane then Jefferson Starship then Starship? I yes. think that was the role. Yes. Yeah. yes. White Rabbit. One. <laughs> <laughs> and White Rabbit peeked and thrown but once you into the tub into the with tub. me. White, the climax, White Rabbit. But once you kind of get into the the vibe of this, it does kind of get, like, it's very, it's blackly comic. Yeah. You know, and you need to be in a very specific, like, it took me a while to realize, like, okay, we're going to laugh at this guy. Yeah. And his reactions to this shit that's going on around him. And at the end, it kicks you in the balls. Yeah. Like, it looks like, the whole point of a serious man, like, he starts taking that phrase from that dickhead, Cy Alderman, and when he starts using it, it's like, I'm a serious man, I'm a serious man! It's like, he's not serious at all. And... It seems to lead to, here's the life lesson of the movie. And then there's a little bit make extra where it's like, that life lesson doesn't matter anymore because you're all fucked. <laughs> but it was interesting to watch. And it, it sounds like it's kind of, um, you know, the Coen brothers going back to, say, like the Barton Fink yes. kind of era of filmmaking that they had. Which, mm. you know, Barton Fink is one of those movies that it's... It's it's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah. But you don't realize it's a comedy until you, the second time you see it. Yeah. You know, the first time you see it, you're just so horrified at how, you know, how suffocating this person's life is. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is, because it's a whole thing. Everyone keeps telling him, have you talked to the rabbi? And he keeps talking. You can't get the good rabbi. There's one good rabbi. He gets the other two, one of which is the darky Jewish guy from The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, you know, that's he's... Simon Hilbert. Yeah. Yeah. Wallowitz. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his character. There's the dorky Jewish guy, the dorky Indian guy, and the... Two main doors. Although Wallowitz is probably an, I mean, uh, Simon Hilberg is an amazing impressionist. Yeah, I've heard that. He's been on TV shows. Yeah, have you, have, you, have you seen his Nicolas Cage? I think I have. It's it's fucking good. I mean, yeah. also there was that short-lived um, uh, Aaron Sorkin scripted show, uh, Studio Sixty, that uh, Matthew Perry was the lead in. He's in that. Um, he's in that, yeah. and and because uh, that show is about 
you know, it's like a Saturday Night Live yeah. thing. And he's like one of the cast members. And they're supposed to be doing this thing where it's like, you know, okay, you're going to be Tom Cruise. And it's like, oh, I don't really do Tom Cruise very well. And it's like, well, what can you do? I, I do a pretty good Ben Stiller. Yeah. And he said, like, do it. You know, and he, and he did the Ben Stiller. It's like, it's fucking good. Yeah. And then later, you don't see the actual sketch. You just yeah. see... Uh, it's the same as 30 Rock. You never see you, the show. You just see like a, a, a very quick bit of the taping of him doing Tom Cruise and it's genius. Oh, wow. You I know? haven't gone into that show But yet. He's, he's been on Conan. Yeah. And on Conan, he does Nicolas Cage. And it's genius. Well, it's again, he's a very calm character. And he's trying to give, uh, you know, life advice to something. Like the whole point of going to the rabbi is you're talking to someone who's older. And he's way the fuck younger. Yeah. And he's like... Keeps looking at the car park. Look at the car park. Look at it. Fresh eyes. You need fresh eyes. And it's just like constantly this bullshit. And there's a great, there is a great bit. The second rabbi, um, just tells a story and there's no fucking point to it at all. I think that's probably the key part of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, so what happened? It's this whole story of like a dentist, a Jewish dentist who saw, uh, Jewish letters on the inside of some guy's teeth. Yeah. 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 And he doesn't finish. There's no conclusion to that story at all. It's like, why are you telling me this story? That's the kind of feeling I got. Once I saw, in hindsight, that name makes total sense. Um, it's enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> one thing about it is Carter Burwell does the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. This is the year after. This is 2009. This came out. Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. that long. We've been avoiding watching this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's the year after Twilight. Yeah. He reuses some of his Twilight themes. Oh, he does. He does. It's very clear. The piano. It's fucking Dickhead's name. Dickhead's theme. Or, What's her name? Uh, it's, Ed, it's either Edward, Edward or Bella's theme. It's one of those themes, which I actually like as a piece of music. But it's near the end of it, you're like, oh, oh, I, is- I, I generally like Car- Carter Burwell's scores. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But this is very much. I don't know if that no one might see this. I might be able to get away with just phoning that in with some Twilight. <laughs> it's enjoy. I mean, I think we'll like it. but I don't think many other people would. Well, it wasn't a huge hit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it even opened in the top ten. It's not burn after reading. <laughs> <laughs> there is a funny thing, a very funny thing in the credits. It says, no Jews were harmed in the making of this motion picture. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a very, very Jewish movie. Right. Like it opens with a Jewish quote, quote Re- receive with simplicity everything that happens to you. And that's kind of, it's not a serious man, it's a simple man. And like this guy overthinks stuff and that's why it all goes wrong. But yeah, huh? finally saw it. It doesn't hold up to the trailer. <laughs> so now on to our live gig aspect of the show. You haven't seen anything, right? No movies? No. Yeah. So go for, you go for Nick Cave. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been a, a Nick Cave fan for a very long time. And how, how this kind of happened when I was... I liked him so much, I bought the book. I, I bought a couple of his... I bought three of his books. Yeah. Um, I have And the Ass and the Saw the Angel. Uh, I also have the soundtrack to the uh, theater production. Of and the ass saw the angel that, that they did. Uh, they did it like uh, like shadow puppets and all, all that oh, sort of yeah. stuff. It was you know I, I didn't see it, but I've seen, seen pictures from the production. It looks cool. Mm. Um, and um, and then also I, I have like you know the murder of Bunny Monroe, which was supposed to be made into a TV series with uh, Ray Winstone, but uh, that didn't happen. And I also have uh, the complete the book of all of his lyrics. Uh, yeah, and his biography. I'm a fan. Yeah, uh, I I got to You're know pretty dark. I, I got to know this guy's music uh, when I was in living in Penang. Uh, when I was around 16, I worked in a in a in a music meat packing in, in a music store. Oh, okay. Uh, called Disc and Dat. <laughs> Discontent. Disc and Dat. Oh, Disc and Dat. Disc and Dat. Yeah. And um, the guy who ran the place was like a little bit of a connoisseur, and he would bring in a lot of obscure stuff. So were you Simon? Was he Bilbo to Simon Pegg in space? Yes. It's like a comic book show. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and uh, and he brought in. Or was uh, it more like John Cusack in High Fidelity? 
No, not not quite that. You know, just imagine. You so were the Jack Black character. I was, yeah, <laughs> I, I was the Jack Black character, but uh, nowhere near as uh, obnoxious. Mm. Um, and uh, he brought in a copy of um, uh, Let Love It, which was the album that had um, one of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds' most famous songs, uh, Red Right Hand. Mm. And that was in the mid-90s. So I've been listening to this guy since the mid-90s, and then, you know, you, uh, you, know, you backtrack and you listen to his old stuff. Uh, I had seen him before uh, in... When I was in uni, I went to see him in Brixton Academy, and uh, he also gave a talk on the love song at the Royal Festival Hall. Um, he did a talk here as well, and you were missing, weren't you? Was it here or was it Singapore? Well, I no, it was, I wasn't here. You were, we were away, but there was a there was a thing on. He did some arts festival nearby, right? Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't here. Uh, so I, you know, I've been wanting to see him again for a long time. So it went, um, you know, my my wife used to go to school in in Perth, so so just sort of planned it so there would be a concert going on at the yeah. same time. Um, and it was a really cool show. It was very loose. It was very loose. It was the first. It was the first show of the tour, mm. um, and like, by loose, do you mean stripped out? No, I mean like just you know he, you know he's got, you know he's got his set list, but at the same time he's he he asks like you know what else you want to hear? Oh, you know, and, you know people will scream things out, and he's like, no, I don't know that. No, <laughs> no, I don't know that. You know, then someone will scream something else. That oh, you want that? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, we can fucking play that. You know, and so so the set list is not set in stone. Yeah, which was cool, and it was nice to see him. With an, with a with with an Aussie audience because the Aussies are just fucking assholes. Fucking Mongols, man. You know, I mean, they'd just be like, you know, he would he would get done playing a song, and some guy would be like, play another song. <laughs> One guy behind me like, come on, Nicholas. <laughs> you, know, just, <laughs> you know, and after you know, and after a while, you know, pe- there'd be like these people in the front just heckling him, and after a while, he's like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and um, he'd be singing. You, you know, he before he'd sing this song, he'd like. You know, be talking a little bit and just people in the front just be like screaming. He's like, hey, I'm trying to like fucking do a speech here. Shut the fuck up. You know, so in that sense, it was a very easygoing, you know, and like, you know, it, it was like almost like a picnic. You know, people brought their like fucking blankets and shit, you know, and you can. That's summertime when I was, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you go there and like, the, the, you know, you can go and get like a bottle of wine. They give you plastic cups, but there's a glass bottle of yeah, wine. Yeah. You know, in case that's you not want, dangerous. In case you want to smash someone over the head with it, you know, like that guy saying, "Play another one, Nicholas." Yeah, yeah. Um, but he played all the shit that I wanted that I wanted him to play. Um, if you're familiar with this stuff, you know, I'm, one of my favorite songs that he's done is a song called "The Mercy Seat," which is a crazy song. Uh, you know, it's but he did a very stripped down, like just just piano piano version of it, which was beautiful. Full backing band. Uh, he had a full band, but he didn't, you know, he, it was just a piano yeah. uh, for that. But no, for other songs, it was the full effect. For some, for yeah. some. It was like, you know, there was some of the, like, he played a lot of the stuff from his new album, Push the Sky Away. Uh, and that stuff is just very, it's almost like spoken word, a, a lot of it. Um, you know, but he used to go really nuts with some of his songs. Like, he's got one song called Stagger Lee, yeah. which, um, you know, everyone was screaming for him to play. And he's like, no, no. We're not gonna play Stagger Lee. Really? Yeah, you know, and he's like, he flat out like, look, we've been playing Stagger Lee at every fucking show for the last 20 years. It's Radiohead's Creed. This will be the first time, the first show ever where we do not play Stagger Lee. So one day you can tell your kids, I was there, son. I he didn't there. play Stagger Lee. I was there at that show in Fremantle where he didn't play Stagger Lee. Wow. You know, and then he's like, and then and your son will be like, Tell us the story again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about when you glassed that guy. Yeah. And then when he was calling up to Warren Ellis, he's like, you know, how about it, was I? You know, and then he said, I don't call him that in Paris. <laughs> yeah. 
And there was this person in the front, like, screaming out, like, something about Paul Kelly. I have no idea who the fuck Paul Kelly is. You know? <laughs> and Nick Kay was like, who's Paul Kelly? Yeah. No, no, seriously, who is he? <laughs> you know, and then he would, you know, he would sing something, and he'd be like, yeah, I'd like to see Paul Kelly try that. <laughs> so we had the bands. Yeah. There was a bit of banter. Yeah, there was, there was a fair bit of banter. And, and, and I think that was very unique to him being, you know, at home. Yeah. You know, because when I saw him in London, it, you know, I mean, there was a little bit of banter, but it wasn't quite like that. I mean, yeah. one of the, my favorite memories of seeing him in London is that one guy was asking him for one song and he just flat out went, look, no. <laughs> you know, but he's, you know, he's got a lot of balls because he goes up there and he holds people's hands and he, you know, he get, like he connects and all that, you know, and, you know, so he's, there's no fear of being But he's raw stage presence, isn't he? Oh, very much so. Very much so. I mean... It's, it's kind of funny because music is one of those weird things where people get very judgmental, mm. you know, and like when we would go and see some of my wife's friends, you know, and they'd be like, you know, so what'd you go see? You go see Nick Cave and, you know, you, you, and they, they had no idea who he was, yeah. you know, because even in, even in Australia, he's not exactly mainstream. Yeah. Um, but he's still huge. I mean, he's still he, huge, but there's a lot of Australians who don't know who he is. Like Nadia saw him, like he was at Glastonbury last year. Oh, no, I mean, in Europe, he's he's quite big. You know, he's got a very big, uh, you know, European fan base. He's also got a big Australian fan base, but he is very niche. Yeah. He's got a huge Irish fan base. I mean, he played Dublin Castle a couple of times. Yeah, Dig, yeah, Dig, yeah. Dig Lazarus Dig was the last one I, reckon, rec- I recognized when I was there. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't there for that gig. Yeah, and that was a great album as well, you know, Dig, Laz- Dig Lazarus Dig. And, but, you know, and you talk to people, and, they, they, and, and people's reaction to music is like, you know, you, like... Personally, I mean, I always think it's a very personal thing. And it's like, oh, well, uh, I don't know him. Well, if you don't know him, great. Let's not continue the conversation. Yeah. You know, but, you know, people will be like, you know, now with their fucking smartphones, everyone's like, oh, this is him. And then you play a YouTube video. Yeah. You know, and it's a, and it's a YouTube clip of him singing, like, Into My Arms Live. Did he do that? Yeah, he did. You know, which, incidentally, was my wedding song. It was my first dance song. Yeah, I remember. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and, pe- and like, this girl, like, who, uh, like, just took what, like, listened to, like, five seconds of it and she just went no no <laughs> no and I'm like no one told you to I, like that's why I went and yeah. you didn't you know and if, you know you're playing fucking club music I don't think <laughs> I don't think that he's your taste yeah but the thing about music that I find it so bizarre is that people react so strongly to other people's taste in music yeah you know, it's like, what, what the fuck are you listening to this for? It's like, well, I'm listening to it. Yeah. Why should you give a shit? I paid money to listen yeah. to this shit. I'll listen to whatever the fuck he wants to play. You know, and you know, and I was jealous that you guys got to see the D, but it's given the, given the choice, yeah, you'll always go for Nick. K. I would always go for Nick K. I didn't call him Nick K that time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I thought it was, you know, I mean, I thought it was a really great show. I mean, he does the he does the thing that I love to see artists do is that you know he gives you different imaginings of a song yeah you know it's not played exactly how it is on the album not that there's anything wrong with that but it's nice to see someone who's so in control of his craft that he can just shake he can just you know switch things up and give you give you a totally different version of a song like we did with the mercy scene yeah yeah so i i i you know i i enjoyed it very much you know i mean like uh i knew pretty much everything that he played there was only like one song that i wasn't familiar with but you know like my wife knew about 50 percent of the stuff you know, and she my, my yeah, yeah, my wife got a. Uh, Did she give a one a one sentence review? Nah, she liked it. She uh. liked it. You know, she was kind of upset that she didn't know it was like a picnic thing. You know, because she had to sit in the grass. Uh-huh. You know, but um, the grass wasn't wet, so it's all good. Uh. But one thing that's kind of amusing to point out is that she kind of gave me shit for the way I go and the way I sort of cheer. You know, like the college days of like yeah, yeah are, are kind of gone. You know, like I'm 37 now. I I react a little bit differently. So yeah. so I kind of have this thing where I'm like woo. 
like that. Well, you're that asshole. You know, but come on, this is when everyone else is talking. You can't, you know, you can't tell. But the thing is, is that when she, when she, she would like see me do that, and then she would uh, act out what I did. Okay. And I was like, you know, you know, watching you do it, it's just horrible. Yeah. And it reminded me of this time when I was in college, when I was still living in San Jose. I went to see Phil Collins. And there was did this... Did he play studio? He did. He did. Nice. That's great. Uh, and there was this group of yuppies in front. And there was this one guy in a suit. He clearly just come from the office. You know, and he was like, all right, Phil! <laughs> you know, and when... Looking at my wife's impersonation of me, I suddenly had this horrible thing. It's like, fuck, I've turned into that guy. You're that guy now. I've turned into that guy from, from the Phil Collins concert. Myself and my friend Paul used to do a thing at gigs. We started with Hedda Nova. Mm-hmm. She did it. Like, Ireland's great. You get people passing through. on a Hedda Nova in a small, smoky club on a Wednesday. Great. Mm. And um, whenever the band would start talking between songs. So, thanks. For, it's great to see you all here tonight. We just go, because the two of us are incredibly loud. If really? you haven't, yes. The two of us go, in, in, in the middle of, the, whatever they, they paused for a break and whatever they were talking about, we just go, what? <laughs> Play another song. We wouldn't do that. We just go, they go like, and that's how we come up with this song. What? <laughs> Speak up. You're an asshole. <laughs> You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> also, Heather Nova fans are one of the tallest fans in the world because both of us are like six foot, at least. And there was a ton of people in front of us that were taller than us. I don't know, but tall fans. So yeah, I saw Tenacious D and Kale live. Uh, are you done? Yeah. yeah. I saw Tenacious D and Kale live. I'm getting to love Kale live because A, it is in, within walking distance of my house. And B, it is what would be called an intimate venue anywhere else. But because it just gets shows in KL, it's it's the biggest they're going to get for a lot of people. Like, unless you're at a festival. Like, this was an Urban Scapes satellite show, mm-hmm. which the satellite shows were better than... I don't know. I didn't go to the show, but there was nothing at the show I wanted to see, the main show. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw Churches the previous week who yeah, did yeah, not yeah, have yeah, the bands. Yeah. There was no talking. There was very little talking at all, which is a bit of a disappointment. Right. I do like the bands. Yeah, I, I do like the bands as well. Yeah. So, Tenacious D were there, and I think it was either their first or second song was Tribute. Uh, fucking awesome. Which was... You amazing. can imagine it brought the house down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but what a great way to start it. Um, Jack Black was wearing like a tie-dye fucking t-shirt, a baseball cap and shit. They came on, they did that. Himself and KG were in the... had the acoustic guitars. They had a guitarist who looked like he'd been ripped through a time machine from the 70s. Like he had long hair, handlebar mustache. Mm-hmm. Cool bassist, cool drummer. Um, and they ran through their tracks and they did... The last time I saw them was in Dublin where they had video screens. It was on their first tour. Mm-hmm. And they had some of their HBO special on the screen, some of that. Mm-hmm. And I think Jack Black, when, when he's like, take it, Kyle! And Kyle would play a solo. <laughs> and then he would just climb up on top of one of the speakers and went, had a nap for five minutes while yeah. Kyle was just doing, you know? Yeah. They kind of, wasn't as quite that over the top, but they did two fun things. Like there was a running gag through the whole thing. And I'm sure some other friend, I think Chris Higgs said to us, yeah. oh, they do that every show. I was like, I don't care. It felt like, there were yeah. enough showmen that it felt like the first time. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple of, uh, like, uh, you know, we, we spoke about this the other night where you described some of the stuff they were doing. And, yeah, I mean, Chris is right. They uh, they do, they have an act. But they do it well. Yes, they do it very in well. In order to do Kyle Left the Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they got to have a little bit of they a, have a They have a, a, a an argument, argument yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. Kyle storms off, and that's cool. Yeah. And it gives them a reason to do it. Yeah. And when they do the song from the end of The Pick of Destiny where they have to have the rock off with yeah. Uh, Satan. Yeah. They're like, they go over to one side of the stage. Yeah. It's like, the guitar, so it's kind of weird. 
It's like he's possessed. <laughs> By Satan! <laughs> and then he starts singing the Satan parts in the song. And that's a nice way of getting that... Because in the movie, it's a, a whole bit. Yeah. And they yeah. get the bit in there. With Dave Grohl. Yeah. And they have a long thing going with the roadie. Like, as Jack Black, he, between each song, he drops so many fucking picks. Like, they have, you know that, that mic stand, you got the pick yeah, holder. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just drops them all the fucking time, takes more. When the roadie comes up, he just stands there with his head craned back, and the roadie pours the water into his mouth, yeah. and then mops him down, and then he gives him some shit over it. And they have a song called Roadie, which it must be on Rise of the Phoenix. I haven't yeah. heard much of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a cool song, you know, that's it, but it's a funny song as well. And it really hit me over the course of the gig that to be that rocky, you really must... Like when they do the Dio song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dio's rocked for a long, long time. But now it's time for him to pass the torch. (laughs) (laughs) And it's awesome hearing that live. And they're they're a great live. Yeah. The sound was amazing. The light show for K Alive was great. Yeah. Um, And as they walked off at the end, they're like... They, they, they came out and they gave a they did a bow with all, and they came back up with yeah. their hands up and as they walked off Kyle just dropped one hand and was like and when he came back he's like you know we were on our just about to board the helicopter on the roof when we heard you guys screaming <laughs> and they played all the hits like there was a guy behind me who was screaming the whole fucking show Wonder Boy and they played that at the end yeah. and it was cool and they did they did everything you would want to hear from them and it was great yeah. Um, what was equally great was we ended up hanging around for a while and after the show they left and it was clearly the end of the show the roadies were out cleaning stuff up the guitarists and the basses came out for a bit they did a really good long um, introduction to all it was actually really quite long you know the, everybody has a little bit and they do a little solo and stuff yeah, yeah. and those guys can fucking play yeah and they also did like a little bit where he's like you guys came to rock but what you really wanted was jazz and they had a, a, a really fucking long jazz break yeah. Where he was just singing, when you are singing jazz, there are no wrong notes. And we're doing a 10 minute jazz break. We're doing a 137 minute jazz break. And it went on, like it went really quite, it got quite, quite wearing. And then it got funny again. Yeah. Uh, but when they were completely finished and we ended up just hanging around, they came back out. And I had seen one guy earlier in the gig over on the left who had a guitar held up in the air. Like you, you get all the GoPros and fucking selfie sticks and that one idiot with an iPad who's videoing the fucking thing or taking photos. Yeah. Don't bring iPads to gigs, people. But that guy got a guitar signed. And one of the guys, I know if, uh, DJ in one of the bars, he actually had a Luchador mask and I'd since heard that he threw it up and it fell, he threw it up early in the, the show and it fell on the speaker. Mm. And someone threw it back to him and then he threw it at Jack after the show Jack put it on because he came out topless. He just like fucking like he took his shirt off and th- he swapped it with a guy in the crowd and he looked at it and was like Abercrombie and Fitch is like no. <laughs> but he put the Luchador mask on and wore it and they, people took photos and they took it off and signed it. Cool. So just a cool thing. I mean, churches did something similar for the DJ. They did a DJ set the week before the gig, uh, the, the Monday before the Wednesday gig, and they did a DJ set. But the, the whole band came out and just kind of crouched at the front of the stage so people could just go up and get selfies with them. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice way to just, you know, appreciate your audience. I mean, the only other person, the person I've seen who take that to a ridiculous degree is uh, Eels, the band Eels, mm-hmm. Novocaine for the Soul and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw them once and a friend of mine, after they went off after the second encore, it's like, he said, wait. I was like, no, they're closing the place. Like, wait. And he waited and he played another five songs after everyone left. But yeah, I would highly recommend seeing Tenacious D again. They really rock and it's not just as a joke band. No, I mean, like, they're... They're tight. Yeah, they're very good. They're really tight. Awesome. Okay. If you would like us to branch out to more reviews, Kickstarter, <laughs> instead of our Patreon to pay for gig tickets, 
We are lucky that we got... I mean, you got you had to go to Fremantle to see fucking Dick Cave. We're lucky that Tenacious D came here. It was a great show. Yeah. To finish off our show, if you want us, yeah, if you want, to, if you want to see more gig reviews, email us at podcast at Miguel Fries. To finish our show, we will finish with the US and the Malaysian box office top ten. All right. At number ten, we've got Kavir Taliban. Okay, and at number nine, we got Kaki Kitai. At number nine, Mana Mau Larry. This is gonna be fun. Ma- Mana Mau Larry. Mana Mau Larry. Wait, where you wanna run? Yeah. Okay, number, number, uh, seven. Away from all these Malay movies. Interstellar, number six. Dumb and Dumber 2. I didn't realize that's actually out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah. Number five, Horrible Bosses. Didn't two. realize that was out either. Number four, Rise of the Legend. Number three, Big Hero 6. Good movie. Number two, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. I've heard, I think we'll be reviewing that next year when Part 2 comes out, because it seems like nothing happens in the movie. That's what I've heard. Number one, The Penguins of Madagascar. In which, apparently, um, Benedict Cumberbatch pronounces penguins, penguins. Penguins. Yeah. And the US, at number ten, St. Vincent, not the band. Yeah. Number nine, Birdman. Number eight, Gone Girl. Out last, this weekend in Malaysia. Number seven, The Theory of Everything. Getting good reviews on that. Number six, Dumb and Number Two. Number five, Horrible Bosses Two. Number four, Distel are hanging in there. Number three, Big Hero Six. Number two, Penguins of Madagascar. Number one, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One. Actually, the Penguins thing is this documentary he did. It's not Penguins. No, but apparently I talked to someone who saw the movie. All right. And he says it in the movie as well. All right. Because he doesn't play, I think he plays the octopus. Yeah. He's not, he, so he calls them penguins. Hmm. He, that, 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 that documentary he did, he has multiple ways of not saying penguins correctly. Mm-hmm. We should put that clip up as well. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye.